Longhorn Nation, we're back. <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. It is another episode of Fire the Cannon. Of course, we are part. Am I going to get it right this time? Yes. Part of the Texas Sports Unfiltered, Unfiltered. Network. <laughs> we appreciate y'all for being here. As always, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. So we have a lot to talk about. We got yes. we got lots going on this week. A lot. And we have a special guest joining us today. Um, Nash Talks Texas, thousands, almost 5,000 followers on YouTube. Yep. He gives you great content uh, on Texas and beyond. But he's joining us today at 320. So we'll get into the conversation. He'll join us with all his insight. I love it. I love it. So we're going to talk Texas football, how we looked in Houston. We're going to talk a little bit of my heartbreak uh, and maybe y'all's, you know, triumph half and joy. Of Texas, half of Texas's heartbreak <laughs> right? the Astros. Right. Astro Wataka ALCS and uh, who it's looking like in the World Series. Uh, get into, of course, women in sports. We've got a lot to talk about there. Um, we love to make our picks absolutely. against the spread. And we won't tell you how we did last weekend. I think we actually did okay. <laughs> we didn't do bad. Yeah. Didn't do bad. So the fun thing is we're going to talk Houston and look forward to the BYU game with Nash. Mm -hmm. And then in the second hour, we have we went ahead and just picked top 10 sports stories that we just want to get into because there's so bunch of good bits and pieces all around um, college football, NBA, major league. Like there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going about. on. It's a busy time of year. It's mm -hmm. my favorite time of sports year. It's a busy sports time. You've so, got yeah. NBA, you've got MLB, you've got, of course, college football, college. you've got hockey. NFL. Hockey. You've got your rugby. I, oh, world, rugby. world Cup. Like there's <laughs> so much happening around the world and we'll talk about it all. And not, it. well, most of it. Most a lot of it. it. We'll get to it all. We'll get all to right. a lot of and it. And hey, Richard, thanks for joining us. We Thank appreciate you. We've got a soft spark. In our hearts for Richards, don't we? Yeah. Not, but don't call him Dick. No. Don't, <laughs> anyway, so let's catch up to this weekend. We were in Houston at the yep, game. Yep. That and we'll get into the atmosphere and all that about that. Hey, CB. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we, but so this weekend we had. Um, I, I'll tell you what I did this week, which is really dumb, but this is what I did anyway. <laughs> anyway, just to kind of catch up. Um, on Monday, I signed up to run a half marathon, and you didn't even tell me. Oh, I, I was going to tell you now to get no, your well, here to we get, are to get your genuine breaking news to get your genuine reaction. I love it. You're <laughs> um, insane. I well, no no no. So I've done it before, and I've run a full marathon before. So I doesn't have, make you less insane. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> Our bodies, like the first person who ran a marathon died right so our bodies are not meant to do that noted we shouldn't do that i'm gonna do it again running is dumb running is really dumb i, I, I yeah it's really dumb it's not good on your knees it's not good on your back it's not good on your joints it's it's not good for you especially when you're running on the pavement yeah it's all really bad so what i'm gonna do is um i just needed some motivations and then to mix it up a little bit because I teach my classes, but I'm not doing enough in between the days. So I said, well, if I run a little bit on Monday, Wednesday, Saturdays, then I could run a half marathon in 16 weeks. That's no problem. So I've done it before. We are different people. I've done <laughs> I'm just saying that right now. I we are different like, people. I, I sometimes I like sign up for stuff because if I know I'm committed, yeah, I'll do it. See, and I sign up for stuff and then I panic like a week before because like, I completely oh, I forgot I did week? this. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the it's been a minute since I ran a full marathon. It was really bad, but, um, I finished and the, we, th this was, uh, it's been, it's been a few years, but yeah. so Richard and I went away for a week and we ate and drank and pizza and pasta and blah, blah, blah. And we just had the best time. And we got home like late Friday night, Saturday morning from our trip. And 
Sunday morning. It was freezing cold and rain had and I had to go run a marathon. And this Our is path. the dumbest part. I didn't finish the full training. The most I had ever run before that was a half marathon, like the month before. Ugh. And, but I got up and this is back when we had to drive from the, it was started at like way up in Burnett road, one, eight, three area, something like that. Uh. I think it was like the three M marathon back then or whatever it was. We had to run from there, zigzag all the way through North Austin, zigzag through Guadalupe, through campus, Mm -mm. all the way to downtown. And then when you get to downtown, you're not done. You have to run like Town Lake to Mopac all the way back to downtown to make the 26 Mm -hmm. miles. Mm -hmm. And I did it. And you know they make cars. Oh, I know. That, I would right? I wouldn't do it again. All right. And the, the, the craziest part is like when you get to the end, you get a shirt that says finisher, right? But and I sure I did, I got a shirt. Well, and I told Richard, I said, You have to run a marathon to get this shirt. You can't just buy this shirt or whatever. Two seconds later, on the ground, he picks it up. This shirt, size large, perfect. I'm like, if you wear that shirt, it's the last thing you're gonna do. <laughs> done and done. Yeah, you gotta earn that. You gotta earn that. Yeah, I just don't think the for me, I don't think the blisters and the bleeding chaps not skin good. is worth a t-shirt. But well, my problem was because I didn't train and then I ran on concrete, I was like, My foot really hurts. My foot really hurts, like around the 12 mile marker. And then at 13 mile, you could get off and be done and say mm-hmm. do the half. And I was like, No, I'm gonna finish it. And my foot really hurt so then after like a week I said my foot really hurts so I went to the podiatrist and I had a collapsed arch my my arch had collapsed you literally are not selling running for me no don't all, run ever. people shouldn't run like that but it's not because it's because I didn't train properly sure. and I know that I didn't train but this time you're gonna train. I say I'm gonna train probably. All right. Well, you know, and it's only a half. It's a thought that counts. It's only thirteen point one. Right? You'll get it. You, yeah. You could do that in your sleep. I, right. me, no, no I, I couldn't. Die. Right now, my two miles. I'm like, okay, I still have to run two miles, and you have to just pace it out. Like I have a calendar schedule, just two miles and walk a little bit, two miles and be done. You know, so yeah. that's it. I don't have to stress. I just ease one. I one that. little run at a time. I respect that. Yeah. So if anybody else wants to register, it's not till February. So you have time now. <laughs> Literally saying don't run. But hey, if anybody you else, to, if you feel like it, <laughs> if you're go ahead and run. Anyway, how are you, Megan? I'm good. What work's, do you have going on? Work's been crazy, but uh, just kind of recovering. Wednesdays are, Wednesdays are always nuts for me. How does everything end up being like? It's always Wednesday. Crazy for you on Wednesday. It's always Wednesday. Well, so this year with our tailgate, you know, our tailgate sponsored uh, by Corona, which is nice. That's awesome. Uh, and so they changed our pickup, our beer pickup from Friday to Wednesday. So now I mean, I, it's free beer, but you're now you're in a hurry to get it. Right. So, well, and now it means that I have to take two days instead of one where before I could pick up the beer Friday, deal with the trailer, get it mm. down to campus, drop it off, call it a day, right. For the tailgate. Now it's Wednesday. And then I, you know, I'm always running crazy to get here, but I'm happy to be here. It's a good time. It's uh, good to see you. You know, good to see you because we don't see each other enough. That's for sure. Well, I haven't seen you since Sunday morning. Uh, it's been a lot. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, speaking of that, yeah, we we, were, we left the I left I left Houston early and you stayed in Houston. I did stay. For I was there. The Houston I, Astros. Game. I rolled in on a midday Friday to mm-hmm. to meet up with some friends and have a good time. I had a real good dinner out there. Um, it was nice. Uh, what you watched. Eat? I had, well, okay, so we did like a family style. I would mm. say uh, Steve is always really good about this. You could go in thinking you know what you want to order and mm-hmm. you can make that suggestion, but he likes to end up doing family style no mm-hmm. matter where you're at. So we had uh, we had ribeye, we had short rib. Dang. There was uh, like a flatbread, like a cheesy flatbread. Mm. We had uh, p- uh, pork. What was it? It was like a big 
pork chop. It was uh-huh. awesome. There was a really good pizza. Like literally, he was just like a little bit of everything oh, off the I menu. I love to eat that, and way. it was amazing. Great atmosphere. Ton I love of fun. to eat a little bit of everything. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, and then Saturday, got out there bright and early. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a tailgate spot. You know, had some warnings. It might be kind of shady, but I have to say, Houston was actually pretty fun to tailgate. In. Oh, they were fine. Yeah, yeah it was, it no was a good time. So. We got to see some friends. Yeah. Kyle and Lane. Yeah. And, and his pops came out too. And yeah. His dad. Yeah. Who else did we see? We saw we our Chris. friend Malcolm. Yeah. yeah. Chris. Malcolm. Yeah. We had just a bunch of folks. Uh, Josh was out there. Just, a, you know, it's funny. Coley Cole. Coley Cole. <laughs> I can't call him Cole. It's, it's Coley Cole. Right. Uh, it's funny. You get a lot of, po- of folks that fuss about social media and yes, it can be a pain and it can be ugly at times, but we've met some really incredible people mm-hmm, really through nice social people. media. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a good Good tailgate, had the TV out there. I might have had my fair share of fireball, you know, going oh, into did it. You? It was a good time. I think I did a pretty good job of drinking water because it was we were going to be just sitting in the sun. Yeah. And we sat in the we sun. We did. It was hot. And I will say this. That's probably the first time I've ever been happy for Houston smog. Because about halfway oh, yeah. through the game, <laughs> the smog comes over and it actually blocked out the sun a little bit, dropped maybe five degrees. I think we got like increased our risks of cancer city. We were 100% breathing in carcinogens, oh, but, it was, but yeah. we felt better. You know, and, and I tweeted this during the game. It was the, it's a really squished, um, we're thankful at DKR, it's spacious, mm-hmm. even not just in the seats, but out um, in the in the tunnels between you know what is it called under the underneath the stadium like around it's pretty spacious i mean it can get crowded when Mm -hmm. people are all coming and going but yeah the walkways it's but there's space at the houston stadium you go down you know steep steps back down to the main floor and it's squished and it's and and it was it's it's small yeah it's small and but it was so squished and the lines you couldn't tell where the lines everybody was in line the entire time for anything and I've tweeted about this, but it was $5.50 for a bottle of water. Yeah. And I think, and I thank you, CDC and DKR and all the people who give you free mm-hmm. water and free, you can bring your bottles in and fill them up when mm-hmm. it's really hot. They have water stations, nothing like that at the stadium. And so we had to pay $5.50 for one little water. And I waited, what, 15, 20 minutes yeah, in you're line a while. You're for a while. water. And yeah. it was 550. Well, anyway, they, it was hot enough. should be done about that. It was definitely hot enough. We had somebody two rows behind us that had oh, a seizure, had a medical, had a emergency. medical emergency. It, it looked like. And there were other people down and about who were getting tended yeah, to because of the heat. Stroke. I mean, it was, it was hot. It was hotter than expected. The tailgate, super comfortable. You get into the stadium and it was hot. So yeah, and Megan be, Megan posted about this. We that did. was hilarious. I bless their hearts. Uh, you know, I will say this as part of my job is I manage social media for several companies and several clients. But um, so I will say this with a caveat: this isn't the social media manager's fault, right? <laughs> but Houston, bless their hearts, was bragging about the. Uh, 3.08 million oh, yeah. that tuned in to watch third most watched Big third 12 most, game of the year. So that tuned in to watch the Houston Cougars. Yeah, they put lots of eyes on the Cougs. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you getting that. You know, my favorite filling up the stadium. My favorite thing about that particular brag for them mm-hmm. you know of course they did put against the texas longhorns very small but it's not uh, yeah but if you read through all that copy when you get to the bottom of it it was the most watched houston game since 2019 yep. sorry regular season houston game regular since 2019 season. when they played do you know who oh you oklahoma yeah 
But tell us again, Big 12, you're not going to miss. You don't need you it. You don't miss Texas and OU. Eh, so. We'll be gone. You don't have to worry about us anymore. Yeah, that was that was definitely a, a nice little giggle this morning. So yeah, we'll, we'll awesome. see how those numbers hold up next week. Um, you know, and I will say for a sold out stadium, mm-hmm. there were a lot of empty seats. A lot of Texas there, fans there. Yeah, but I guess the tickets were sold, but people didn't actually come. Yeah. Not everybody actually came. Maybe the heat. Who knows? Yeah, it was definitely lots going on. Um, I don't know. We we need to talk about it a little bit. We'll talk about the game mm-hmm. when uh, when our friend Nash joins us. Let's talk about the Longhorn Band. Okay, because um, there was drama about there them was. not getting the seat. So mm-hmm. tell tell yeah. What so look, I will say this first and foremost, y'all. N- nobody. Texas fans, the band, nobody cares when our band gets put up high. We, we, we do, do that to, other do people. to them. No worries. No, no problem. Yeah. What happened this time, though? So the band was up high, which in Houston Stadium isn't really that. Which is great for us because they were right behind us. And we can hear them the whole time. Right. Um, and you can hear them on the field, too, because yeah. they're not that far from the field, even yeah. when you're at the very highest seat. But the band showed up. And literally got off their buses mm-hmm. and were told that they had a hundred fewer seats than they were promised from Houston. Houston spun it a different way, but that's mm, fine. I'm sure they did. Yeah. So they, it got to the point, you know, they weren't going to leave the band members out because Texas traveled with the full band. It was awesome. There were five buses. I have a video because yeah. uh, we were stuck in traffic with the buses mm-hmm. being led. They had five, full, I know some of that's equipment and all the things too, but five full buses. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was, it was a, a We've got a big band, show band of the yeah. Southwest. So they ended up, a lot of the drum line actually had to leave their instruments up against a wall in the grass near the stadium. And then they doubled up in the seats so that the whole band could be there. So look, thank you, man. Nobody cares about where the seats are, but that's shady. At least that's if, shady. if you, if you, if You've they promised- told them they were going to get that many Give them that right. many or give them notice. Like, right. but how about this morning before we leave for Houston? But when they show up, even that yeah. is too late. Yeah, even that is too late because they've prepared their show and right. all the things. And yeah. the band members are already there. And but yeah, when you roll up and are told, just kidding, you don't have all the seats we told you you'd have. That's yeah. that's Bush League stuff, man. But yeah. the band made it work. They sounded great. They had a new show. So we're probably going to see Halloween. that. Yep. Halloween, you'll see it. We'll probably see that Saturday. at DKR. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was definitely. Definitely a little bit of drama getting them in there, but it turns out we're not little crybaby bitches like some of the other bands are. <laughs> and, and we managed it and we did well. So it was good. And the band showed out. It was nice to have them there. But uh, what? tell me about the drive up. Did you have any issues getting into Houston? I mean, I know you hit traffic pretty. We didn't hit traffic until like a couple miles before outside, outside. Like once you get into Houston, like way into Houston, mm-hmm. that was the we flew all the way there, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the F1 traffic Out of leaving Austin, Austin which sure. was, that's whatever, that passed that in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, but after that, once we got to um, the Houston area, it wasn't until we got to like downtown sure. that we were stopped for a while. And, and it's right where you need to be in the far right lane to go to the far left yeah. to get off. And the far right people are trying to get over. And then the big buses, we were alongside, buses were trying alongside the five Longhorn buses that had police escort. So, and you know, it was funny because people try to like squish in between buses, the buses yeah, and not just to get in and over and sit in between mm-hmm. buses. And I'm like, these five buses are doing everything they can to stay together. 
and you're going to squish in between oh, and risk are... getting squished between buses of band members. Like I will, I could tell you some stories. People, they can't drive. I'm telling you, I could tell you some stories of me hauling, you know, 24, 35 foot trailers, you know, across country uh, when I was with BMW Motorrad, just mm -hmm. watching the things, the stupid things people do in between semis. You know, physics just isn't everybody's strong suit. Your little Nissan Altima. Ugh. isn't going to win against a semi no. or a big bus against most vehicles. Just, anyway, just we have the best guest for you and we are going to bring him on now. All right. All right. We have Nash Talks Texas. Yes. Hey buddy, what's up? All right. I'm Huge baseball fan and football fan in his third year as a YouTube star and <laughs> member of Get Your Horns Up. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. I don't know about best guests, but I, I'm, I'm a guest, certainly. Very, very special to us. Thank you for coming. We have so much to talk to I you about. I appreciate for having me on. How's it going? Um, I watched you this good. morning. I, I was listening to that uh, conversation. I know Houston, well-known for their amazing traffic that they have. <laughs> uh, just outstanding road designs. I wonder what school designed those roads. Um, <laughs> the one who gave us the I-35 under and overpass, mm. right? Uh <laughs> Although I will argue, this is an unpopular opinion. Uh -huh. I would rather drive in Houston than Austin or Dallas. I really would. Well, At well, least in Houston, on. I will say if this: you, if you, here's the deal: if you weren't, if you didn't have all the California transplants, the Austin traffic would be so much more manageable. Like it, it's not. Look, but we do. I was the, born the, and raised the in Austin. hundred yard. The hundred yard gaps in between exits and uh, and uh, on ramps. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I will you, say you got to know where you're going or else you're it's you don't got a lot of decision making time in Austin. No, you got to You got to pay attention. You got to know for sure. My issue, the thing I do like about Houston, there is a lot of traffic, but everybody's doing 85. And if you're not doing 85, you're getting pulled if over. If they by can, the they will. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I appreciate that about. So that's my unpopular Houston traffic take. But there we go. I love it. All right. I love it. So we we definitely want to catch up with you. I want everyone knows you, but maybe you don't get a lot of time to talk a little bit about yourself and your background and your interests. So we want to get to know you a little bit, too. You can find everyone can find you at, at Nash Talks Texas and YouTube as well. But tell us tell us we know you're a big Texas football fan, but you're also baseball. What do you have going on? That's that's pretty much it. I, I don't really <laughs> got much going on in my life outside of uh, following Texas football and baseball like crazy. But you know, good good thing for me. Uh, I'll I'll sprinkle in a little bit of basketball there. You know, yeah. especially when you get to March. Obviously, you got fall March Madness. But yeah, it's basically I, I've I've always joked around, joked with my friends. I'm like, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a wedding, I want that in July. Got a very early specific early, time I want July or August, <laughs> and I'm not gonna be happy because it's already hot outside in Texas. So you go better be going up north. And then, mm. other than that. You better it better be early February or late January because after we're, the we're Super Bowl, before March Madness, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, no. I, look, February February to June, I am. It's look, we're we're tied up here. Okay, uh, <laughs> there's yeah. no free time in that time period. I always crack up with people who ask me, "Oh, what are you doing this weekend?" I'm like, "Really? Is that especially in the fall? Come on, like." What are you, you know where I'm what are you doing be? Saturday at 2.30? I don't know. I'm the most predictable person <laughs> in the world. You know exactly where I'm going to be every weekend. Like, I'm not hard to find. Right. You'd think that people would know that. But, well, tell us a little bit about you. Listen, man, I've got to give you props. I love your collection of jerseys. How long have you has that been going on? How long has it taken you to get to, to that level? And how many jerseys do you think, have? Uh, the first, I think the first one, I'm pretty sure the first one that I got was a Worthy or Vin, it was, it might have been Vince Young, but Worthy was the first one on the current team for sure. 
Uh, it started around 2021. It's just kind of like gradually is- grown. But like I said, I don't think about anything outside of Texas football or baseball. So I, love I, I mean, I, a lot of people go they're They're like, Nash, you, you got a lot of money. You're spending money. You're, you're rich. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, I just make poor financial decisions. That yeah, would, you, you just choose there, to spend money your right money there. on that. <laughs> I yeah, it. I love the setup. When we have more time, we're going to fix our setup. Right now, <laughs> we're just like, go, 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 and be ready to go. That's all right. Yeah, right now, uh, I got the baseball stuff hitting, but we're... We oh, yeah, go. you're going to have to yeah, pivot. So, yeah, we're going to have to make some changes in the come springtime. I love it. I love it. Well, all right, man. So, are you from Texas? Tell us tell us a little bit about where you're from. How'd you get into Texas sports? What? How'd you become Nash Talks Texas? Born and raised in Austin, Texas. Uh what high school did you I mean, go to? like, so one of the reasons why I'm such a big baseball fan is, uh, like, that's that's the first thing that I actually remember, like, falling in any sport was, uh, well, I did go to, I mean, I I remember going to, like, the spring game. My first memory of anything with sports is uh, Roy Williams. I actually had a helmet signed by Roy Williams, and I actually wore off the signature by playing around in the helmet too much as a kid. But, you know, I mean. That, that's probably the best sign. If a kid just leaves something on the wall or something like that, then it's not that cool. Doesn't care about it. But if you're wearing it every day, then you, you care. Uh, but yeah, my dad he raised me to be a Texas baseball fan. I mean, I I just some of my best memories are uh, going to the ball, uh, going dish with my dad. I remember uh, the uh, I'm trying oh, I'm bra- I'm blanking on the dude's name and it's pissed me off now. But walk off home run versus Army Preston Clark. Yes. Yep. He hit. He. I. I. I literally still remember the uh, sitting in the car, sitting in the truck with my dad on the way home, and he's talking about. I knew they were bringing the curveball, and I, it just it, it was it was right there and hit it back in the BSR days. So that that ball, if you watch that ball fly, that that one, it trampolines off that thing. Yeah. Well. And and that was and and the dish was bigger at the time too. Yeah. And well, the cool thing about that was uh the because the game before that was the day before that was the Boston College game. Mm-hmm. And the longest game. <laughs> we, me and my dad, we stayed the entire time. My dad, he has a bunch of back issues and all that stuff, so it was really hard for him to stay for that. And then we went to the next game, and then like he was, I mean, he was struggling. And he he goes, he's like, oh, we gotta go, <laughs> we gotta go. And then uh, I remember I I convinced him we were walking out of the stadium, and I convinced him I was like, hey, let's just stop for this one last batter, and that batter was Preston Clark. That's amazing. That's an see, and there that's I, and I appreciate the back pain. That's hard to work through, especially after a what was it, a 23 inning game that you had gone through right before. That was yeah, that was uh, seven hours. Yeah. Was the time. yeah, longest college baseball game to that point. I think it still holds the record. Was it, it, it is, it's still, I believe it is still around 2001. Hmm? What year was this? Uh, 2007, 2008. Oh, oh, later than I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it's still the longest running college or professional uh, baseball game. Yeah, and then to turn around and have to play the next day. I love baseball. Yeah, man. it's yeah, it just it, and then honest, I will say that Army team that like that was if there was ever a team that was worthy of going and like because people might a lot of recent baseball fans might know. The Air, recent Air Force team, that was a good team with Paul Skeens, uh, a couple of those other like hitters that they had, especially in 2022. That Army team was good. They, if they had more pitchers, they would have beat us at home. Yeah, it was it was a fun series. I mean, that whole – listen, post-game baseball or post-season baseball is 
fun no matter what. Like I, oh, yeah. I, it's it's just a good time. Especially with the dish too. Yeah. Absolutely, it's special. It feels magical. It's 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 a lot of fun, man. So, well, listen, man, I could chat baseball with you all day. Me I know too. we've got <laughs> folks in. We got a lot to talk about with football. So let's jump in uh, to Texas at Houston. Maybe not the game we were all expecting. Uh, perhaps a little closer than we were expecting. Nash, I, I, I you, expected close. You did. You did. Yes. Um, Nash, you always have great takes. Uh, you look at stats. We know that we we lost very likely. We've lost Quinn for at least the BYU game. Um, I want your take on it. What did you see? What did you walk away from the the Texas game with with that that narrow narrow victory? Just an ugly, ugly win. Uh, you'd you'd like to at some point like. It was. I, I actually remember uh, the on the show that I'm with uh, Aaron Aaron Little and uh, Travis Gailey. We they were they were talking about how hey, uh, let's let's get out to a fast start. And I'm like, you know what? That we haven't been out to a fast start yet. But let's also remember what fast starts have been under under, under Steve Sarkeesian. So, you know, I, I'm personally I'm fine with the slow starts and then us coming and winning by <laughs> winning by a decent amount at the end of the game, but. Yeah, we got out to that 21-point lead, and then it's like I it was just like flashbacks of, oh, no, here we go again, with, uh, yeah. giving up that 21-point lead. But honestly, my major takeaway is just – and you you heard Steve Sarkeesian talk about it in, after the – in his post-game press conference. Like, he immediately was – he's – if there's one person that's going to be more critical than Steve Sarkeesian, it probably doesn't exist, you know? Right. Like, that – yeah, it's just it's on state it's on Sark, in my opinion. Just the it was just the the manipulating, the momentum, uh, the play calling, all that stuff. Like at the end of the day, we they were running three high all day. The three three five. I mean, at this point, we 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 should be ready to go against the three three five. You know, like so if a team's whipping something out, like you can't we can't say that. Oh well, they're bringing something that we haven't seen yet. It's like, oh, okay. Well, if every team is running three three five, we've already seen it, right? And it's just PCU different players. And Iowa State and everyone else. It's just else a different ex- execution like of how they, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, to to score twenty one points that fast and then to not be able to adjust to what they're doing, I mean, clearly they adjusted to what we did, and we couldn't adjust to what their adjustments were. So that's one thing that I'm almost like still out on, like. I'm not out on Sark, but I, I still need to see that. I still need to see him adjust to other coaches' adjustments. See, I think he's done better this year with that. Um, you know, we did. We we talked to somebody. And, and listen, man, I will take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. Oh, yeah. um, you know, we go into this. And, well, I don't know what a pretty loss is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when we talk about, oh, we kept it close. Oh, it's a moral victory. Oh, oh yeah, like the, no, we like looked great and we didn't win, right? So, you know, we – Sark, to your point, Nash, like he came on and immediately talked about, um, you know, he wasn't happy, it, glad that we won, happy that we won, but immediately said there's a lot that we need to work on. Obviously, there are some issues there. But, you know, I will say we looked at it. Uh, Ford came in and said, you know, during the presser three years ago, we wouldn't have gotten that dub. Huh. Right. And then Sweat also said we would have lost, man. Like, so I do see where I'm seeing that positive is. This is a team, and and Sark said this too, championship teams find a way to win, and Texas found a way to win. I'm not going to say that Quinn coming out was the factor of the game being so close. It wasn't. You know, obviously we got up 21. 
the game got too close there. Walt Coin was in for quite a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Where I will argue a little bit with this. Now, we can go back and forth about that fake field goal. I like the big brass balls it took to make that call, but they didn't they didn't bite on it. And too much distance for that. For Burt. Yeah, it fourth was fourth and two, maybe fourth and three for the field goal attempt. Six was a bit much. Yeah. Seven was it seven? Or I, look, at the end of the day, I, I just I want the offense out there if you're gonna go for it, especially when you're talking about fourth and over five yards. Like just it's at like having the punter and the kicker run and play is not the same as having Quinn Worthy, A D, J T. It's just they're like all respect to those dudes, they're just not that they're just not the same athletes as well, those. Well, definitely. Guys. I, again, this was this was a catch them off guard kind of thing. Yeah, you know, we yeah. didn't quite catch them off guard. So, you know, and and Sark took full responsibility for that. He said that yeah, changed the game. Is- he very much owned that. What I will say, and you know, Rocky and I commented on this in game, and this might have been harder for some people to see at home. I've talked about this a little bit on Twitter. Throughout the game, there were plenty of opportunities for us to capitalize. There were receivers, I would say at least one open receiver on every play. Why? At least open. one, if not two, <laughs> maybe three. <laughs> what what I was seeing early, and again, this this could have been a lot harder to see on TV where because a lot of those guys, this we're talking mid and downfield. It, it wasn't, but yeah. But it <laughs> felt okay. like it yeah, felt no, like we, we when, <laughs> well, because if people are saying it was the play calling that was the problem and we're like I know I would, you know, again, we can argue about the, the fake field goal. Okay. Yes. That wasn't maybe the best thing, but overall to me in the game, the play calling was there. It was the execution. What I was seeing. And and I think Rocky, you would agree with this. We talked about this in game. It felt like Quinn was checking down way too fast or not checking down. Like he wasn't even looking for that long or mid open guy when they were there pretty consistently he was he was going to the the flat real fast, and I feel like this was maybe his comfort zone. He knew Jay Brooks would be there. He was dumping off to Jay Brooks quite often. We know that Brooks is going to get yards after contact. We know he's a beast when he's running. I've been screaming about giving him the rock all the time, but it felt like Quinn wasn't going through the progressions. And to me, the more I look at it, the more I you know rewatch it, this feels like a mental thing. I'm not going to vilify Quinn. I think he gets way more shit than, than, and and Nash, I'd love for you to talk about that. You've got some really great stats on Quinn and what he does, but sometimes stats don't tell the whole story. Um, This felt like a mental thing, even before the injury. Uh, But Nash, can you talk to us about some of those stats that you've had that on Quinn, looking at his numbers, his completions, um, where he's successful, maybe where he's not as successful. Yeah. I mean, uh, here's the deal is I think Quinn's got a little bit of unfair criticism in recent weeks, like at the end of the day, it's really easy for us to look at the game film, uh, look at like watch from the sideline or anything like uh, up above and go, Oh, well, there's an easy, there's a wide receiver. There's that guy's open. That guy's open. Right. When you're standing in the pocket and you got guys, you know, 300 pound dudes running at you and it's, you got two seconds, three seconds, and then ball's got to be out. Uh, it's it's just it's a different game, and I don't think I think a lot of people that are out there criticizing they don't have appreciation for that. Uh, now Quinn Ewers, here's the deal: is you're right, he does check down the ball a lot, and uh, I think that I think you're right on it is a mentality deal. Like I was talking about, 
in my uh, Malik Murphy video I just did today, I think that with Quinn Ewers, what you're getting is it's not necessarily like that he's afraid to throw the pick, right? But he just really wants to protect the football and really doesn't want to turn over the football. Like, I, he's just not going to force it. I, I, I think that there's times where, and this is just me, you know, coming up with something in my head. Like I, I haven't, I haven't talked to him at all. I have no, I have no ability to know this at all, but it just, it feels like he's almost saying, you know what? I don't want to force it here. Like he's thinking that there's times where the guy's wide, like a guy might be wide open and he second guesses it and doesn't want to force it down to the check down. Yeah. And there's also times that there's just, there's pressure coming and he's like, Oh, let's get the ball. I don't want to get sacked or anything. I, I let me just get it out. Uh, in my opinion, the the play calling, my my big gripe with the play calling would have been the fact that they were running con- – like, I mean, it was like I think 95% of the plays, if not 100%, were four- and five-man boxes. And that you – we should be able to just dominate that every single time. Yeah, we definitely saw the line – uh, getting pushed around a little bit uh, in certain things. Now, again, where I will argue if, again, what I was seeing is a mental block. I think you're right. I think it's that hesitation and that hesitation that he would have. He's holding on to the ball just, just a little too long, a second too long. That It's hard when you've got guys crashing down. It's hard for any line. I don't care how good you are. If your quarterback isn't getting rid of the ball fast enough, that's going to be hard to hold up no matter what, especially if you're missing the open guys. And, well, there. and here's the crazy thing about it too, is like, it's not like, it's a, it's not a fact that he doesn't like trust himself. Like that's right. what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not like, it's not like, the, it's not a fear thing. Right. Like you're talking about, because I, I put, I put out a tweet that said like, you know, how accurate Quinn yours was. And everybody's like, Oh, well, that's all the check downs. Okay. Well, you remove the check. Good. If you remove the, if you remove the throws behind the line of scrimmage, He's still over the last four weeks, sixty of sixty-eight. Now right. you could you could point to the fact that there he had sixty-eight attempts past the line of scrimmage and thirty-seven attempts behind the line of scrimmage that he is checking. And really, honestly, it was just it was mainly the Houston game. You saw it versus Houston. That was really when he became a check down Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like he was pushing the ball down the field versus uh, OU, Baylor, Kansas. He was do, he was getting the ball down the field. Agreed. Uh, this to me was was an anomaly. Anomaly might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it definitely reared its head way more with Houston than we've seen all season. But for somebody with eighty eight percent completion percentage, pass the line of scrimmage, man, like it's just uh, like and and then when you actually consider that two of those balls were picks that were actually accurate balls, like this is he's really like when you just talk about how accurate he is, he's sixty two of sixty eight over the last four weeks. So like, this is a guy that, I mean, honestly, I would, I would not be faulting him at all if he was walking out there around like McGregor and, you know, trying to put balls in every, like every window possible. Right. But he just, we just haven't seen that. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know what the answer is for that. I would agree that the, the opportunities are there. This is, this is the main argument that I will make is that the play calling with Sark, I feel is there. Yes. There's a couple of times that it's like, man, what are we doing? What are we thinking? What I saw more in this game, our defense felt like they were bending way more than they normally do. It felt like we were giving up, you know, covering the middle of the field. 
Sark talked about it in the presser. It, over the middle. Over the over middle. The I mean, the middle. It, and week, that's week after week. And that's been an issue for Texas for a while. Um, what, but what, it shouldn't be a surprise at this point. So what are you seeing there? Is it a linebacker issue? Is it a communication issue? What are you seeing? I mean, I think we're seeing communication issues. If you look at the, I think it was the second touchdown that Houston scored. Uh, you immediate like if you watch, usually the best way to tell what what's going on is to watch the reactions of the players when they go. And Michael Taff, he yeah, Michael Taff was like he was like what he was he was pointing at somebody going like what come on man, and so I think that I think we're really missing Catalan, but. Man, that, that defensive backs, it just the depth is thin right now. And that right. for, for a room that was probably one of our deepest rooms. Like it's it's just crazy how like fo- look, football can go like this sometimes. Like I if, if you remember how Roshan Johnson got his start at the running back position, <laughs> we <laughs> lost five we lost five scholarship running backs. Right. So it's just and and that was in a matter of like two weeks. So it's just sometimes football, it, it sucks. <laughs> sometimes it, yeah. it rear, it'll rear its ugly head. But uh, this is one of those times. I mean, you, you saw, I don't know if people noticed the, the play that Jade Barron made at the end of the game, that fourth down. He was playing cornerback. Because Brooks went out, because, right? Because we had lost Brooks, we didn't have Watts, and we didn't have Holmes. Holmes was out at that point. We're down three of our four, four cornerbacks right now. And, it's like Malik Mahat, please do not get hurt. <laughs> yeah. And he's showed up. Listen, for, for a young guy, he showed up. He showed up. Oh, he's out been showing up all, all year. He's and, had some incredible games, incredible plays. Derek Williams. They're, they're coming. Say, I, they're just young. I said I said I blame this on the play calling. And so I, that's really for the momentum part. But I mean, really, we're like, I like when I've been arguing with people about, oh, Quinn lost this game. I, I can't say Quinn lost the game he, because, yes, he did check the ball down a lot, but he didn't do anything to lose the game. And, like, this also goes to, the uh, like, Oklahoma, the, the Oklahoma game, in my opinion, the defense lost. Like, you can't – like, I, 30 points at the end of the day should be enough to win. You're right. Yeah. It, and it's been a little surprising. So it's me. been a concerning trend that we've seen. Sure. It's been a little surprising because we started off – our defense was rock solid. There wasn't, I mean, they were clamping down on everything and it does feel a little bit. Have people figured it out? Is PK not adjusting enough? Is he not making those in-game Offenses adjustments? are saying where you beat them, how you beat them. Right. But, but to that point, again, I do think this is, this was a game, especially where we really, you mentioned Catalan earlier, Catalan's out. This is a game to me where missing Watts was huge. This was blatantly obvious that we were missing him there. We now to you know Baron's credit, these guys they get a lot of reps in different positions for reasons like this, and he stepped up when he needed to. Well, and Baron um, was a Baron was a that was a guy that okay we he, he's hurt so let's not use him and then okay break the glass let's go <laughs> well, yeah Baron get the get the pads on let's go <laughs> right so and and I will say I think that's a really good point too rewatching this you were talking about communication. That was something that we noticed with the defense. It felt a lot of times, you know, right up into the snap, they were go, 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 move, move. I mean, they were talking, but it felt a little more frantic versus like, oh shit, like maybe we need to get on this. There were some missed opportunities there. So I do think the communication is something that could be cleaned up a little. And again, we know that teams, 
at this point, the unexpected should be expected. We know that teams are going to throw things at Texas that they haven't put on paper, haven't played in a game before. I'm getting, I've mentioned this before, I'm getting a little tired of that uh, comment in the post-game pressers. Expect the unexpected. We know, and, and again, it's hard to... <laughs> How it, many more unexpected? Right. Now, it's, and it's hard for a defense. Listen, I understand when you're prepping your defense, you can't prep to play against every team ever. <laughs> you you got to go with what you know and what you've seen on film. But, you know, I think this is at this point in, in the season, this is where we look at what has Texas been vulnerable with. And we've got to we got to really hammer on that because that's what's coming. That's what's coming. That, that <laughs> well, shouldn't and, be unexpected. And here's the other thing too, is you, you talk you here. Sark talk about how he, how versatile we are and the versatile at the end of the day, I think that this is almost starting to hurt us now. I like, I, I did enjoy the fact that we were very versatile early on, but it's almost too like, it, it almost feels like he is making almost like a, a like to a ridiculous amount point. To go like- and be balanced and be because here's the deal. Like uh, Joel Clatt, he talked about how teams they need an out pitch, and he was talking about how Marvin Harrison Jr. He was versus Penn State. He was the out pitch for Ohio State, and it's just we have uh, there's we have a bunch of out pitches, but we're not you like we're not there's not a game like Houston. It wasn't okay. Go go win the game for us, dude. Right, and that you can Xavier could be that guy, Adonai could be that guy, JT could be that guy, uh, Jonathan Brooks, and then even Cedric Baxter is looking like he can be that guy. Uh, it's just I want to see that more. Like I want to see us start to identify a weakness in the game and just attack, 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 attack that. Right, like if if a team if if AD is our best option for a game, 12 targets, 200 yards, let's go. Like, he has, we're not trying to be nice out here. All right. You mentioned this a little while ago um, that you posted a video today of, on Malik Murphy. And let's get to the biggest story that came out mm-hmm. of that. I mean, a W on the road in the conference when you're somebody's Super Bowl and you, they only need to win one game the whole year. Their coach said it. <laughs> and coming out of there with a W, overcoming the adversity of losing your quarterback, all the injuries, the missing pieces, fighting back. They fought back with, at the end of the game, Malik Murphy. He is going to be, well, we assume that – Sark said there was a battle this week and he's going to let them play it out because Mar- Malik has been the one getting reps so far this year. We assume it's going to be Malik. Um, I loved your breakdown today. And I posted that link today on from fire, the cannon Twitter uh, so people could go find, find it. You talked about and mentioned in there about a spark when, when at in this game at Houston, there had been a quarter and a half, almost two whole quarters of stagnant play. They managed to field goal. Um, it felt like, and I said this to Megan during the game, it felt like when Malik got out there, um, it, it everybody worked a little hard. Like Keelan's, uh, Keelan's uh, kick return. Um, everybody, there was just a little more spark, a little more, a he- big hit, heavier block, a heavier run, a little more effort. Not that they are going to play harder for Malik than Quinn. But they knew, and they mentioned this in their own comments, some of the players over the week, that they're going to do what they need to do to help Malik because they know he's going to need more more help. He's the new. He's this is his first start. This will be his first start if he comes out there. What do you see? And you compared it to Ellinger. That was a great comparison. Tell us about that comparison about that spark that the team that could that Malik could bring to this team. 
I mean, it's a little bit different than the Elgar one, but uh, I, I just I, I use that just to show like there are times that when a quarterback when a quarterback is on the field, teams are going to play flat or they're going to have juice. That was a situation where we were losing games and we absolutely we, we just needed a spark, and and then also there was also uh, there's some nuance to that because we had literally no offensive line blocking and. If you're going to choose an off, if you're going to choose a quarterback to deal with no offensive line, it's going to be Shane, uh, Sam Unger over Shane Michelle all day long. But so I, I there there is times that you know it can be a deal, but I don't think this is necessarily one of those. I think what this more is like, it's like in baseball, uh, like you're saying it right here. It, it's about picking your guy up, you know. This is you get you got your guy coming in. Uh, to back up Quinn Ewers, he's coming in to fill the shoes and keep this is keeping the season alive, really. You know, the championship game is still, Big 12 championship is still on the table as much as people don't like talking about it. Playoffs are still on the table. I know battered fan syndrome kicks in for some people. Statistically, I'm talk about it. <laughs> it, it's me. I'm some people. It's probable, not, I mean, it's possible, but not very probable, but it is possible. I don't know if if we look if we went out and we beat Oklahoma, which we should have done. Like, look, I, I a lot of people are going to get mad at it. Look, every single person, including Oklahoma, every Oklahoma personality was sitting there saying, uh, "We we might hang around for a little bit." And yeah, so you know what they they know they knew who the better team was. Uh, who it is what it, and I granted Oklahoma won, so you know what, give them a win. But oh, you sucks. But so. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it just just handle business and just get to that point where we're twelve and one, and let let the playoff committee do the, do the rest. But yeah, it, it's just so all everything's still on the table. But I I just I think of it it's like it's like a first baseman when your guys out. Uh, it's not like a first baseman. This is a wrong wrong analogy. But you just when you you want to pick pick your picking your guy up is always like a massive deal in baseball. Guy strikes out. You want to pick him up, right? Guy gets out, uh, makes up, makes a base running error. Pick your guy up. Poor throw to first base. First baseman, pick the guy up. You know, it's just, it is what it is. And this is just one of those things where it feels like they're out there. They're like, hey, yeah, this is this is our guy. We're gonna, we're gonna let it be known, right? And we're gonna, we're gonna go out there. We're gonna play a little bit extra. We're gonna play with a little bit of more fire on her. You know, you know what? And we're gonna get this done for sure. Well, and that's one of the things too. At, all week, we've seen the team start come out. The team talk about Murphy's impact and the kind of guy he is at practice. At you know the kind of player he is. There's been a lot of talk about how Murphy has kind of been the glue for this team. He's got the personality that people just gravitate around. Mm-hmm. So I don't think. It, and again, this is a difference I believe with this Texas team this year, where that next up mentality and playing for the guy next to him. That's really something that's happening in a way that we haven't seen in a long time at Texas. So, and I think we're going to see that with Malik Murphy. Um, you know, we now something I do want to talk about a little bit. I've seen a few takes. I won't qualify those takes. I've seen some takes online of people talking about Murphy being a runner and Murphy, you know, his athleticism. Listen, <laughs> I that's, wonder why they think he's a runner. Mm, we could get into that, <laughs> but I will keep this. PC right now. Yeah. Listen, that's for folks that haven't been paying attention. Murphy is not a run first guy. 
Quinn's a better runner, really, than, than Murphy is. Yes, Murphy's big. He's 6'6". We've seen the stacked quarterback picture, right, with our jacked quarterback. It was room. on your birthday. They really- <laughs> it was. <laughs> Murphy's a big dude. I'm not saying he is not capable of moving the ball with his legs, but he is not a le- like run-first kind of quarterback. He's a finesse quarterback. He is pocket passer. He's a pocket passer. He is a long ball. He's got a strong arm. Sark, Sark talked about that. He's a natural passer. He can make the throws. And he's got that leadership mentality. He understands the game. He understands the offense. So what is the thing that you're looking for the most, Nash, when when you're watching Malik come out? What are you looking and hoping to see from Malik most? I just want to see that confidence that he has. Like, you look at it, uh, the it wasn't the first target, but the second target that he had, the first one where there's, like, actual routes to, to target, he goes downfield to AD. Now, now the it was behind Dad and I, so you want to see the timing get better, and that's something that I think that we're going to be what we we need to expect is that there's there's potential for the timing to be off because look these guys have been the the ones have been running with Quinn all all season all practice long all season long so <clears throat> up until this week and even even now if it's true that he's splitting the reps fifty fifty with Arch this is honestly a thing that I mean I. Pick one and go, right? Like pick one, let those guys get as much chemistry as possible during this week. And but I just want to see that confidence that that I think he has. Like like I I don't think it's like an overconfidence. Uh, now I do think that there's a. This is also the thing is I think we're going to see some interceptions here, and I think what's going to happen. Well, and <laughs> explain explain that. But, yeah, I'm I'm going to explain it. I think he's going to do very. I, I think he's going to start off very well. Right. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to like almost the opposite of what we've seen with Quinn. Right. Where Quinn, we're talking about how he's incredibly accurate. Right. But he's just he's it's not like he's afraid to throw the ball. Right. But he just doesn't doesn't he really does not want to throw the uh, pick. I don't I just don't think that that's going to be there for Malik. And what I mean by that is like he's going to throw the ball very well. And these windows are going to get smaller. He's going to keep on throwing them smaller, smaller. He's going to keep on hitting those windows. And then eventually there's just going to be a window that's too small or there's going to be a mistake to throw that's made. So I just think he's going to build up so much confidence. Like he's because, and it's going to be earned confidence that he's gone out there and done very well. Uh, so that's the thing is like when I'm sitting there saying, I'm, I think they might throw a couple picks or something like that. It's not. I'm not saying it's a bad. Like honestly, it's it would, it's it's a product of a lot of good things happening. All right. Well, fortunately, they're facing you know a defense that's not in the top fifty, and no. offense is not in the top fifty. Um, looks bad. like over. Yeah. But how Thank how you. often have we said that this year? <laughs> you know, I didn't pick Texas to cover last week. This is a big spread this week. Let's go ahead and look ahead. So you talked about that Malik has been getting in the past, you know, second team reps. Do you think this is an opportunity for maybe some of his receivers that were on that second team rep side with him? Maybe a Jonte Cook to get because they have a connection. This might be a good opportunity to start. Said he wanted to see him more. What do you think? Uh, yes, but I, I don't, the, the amount, like, I'm not thinking that it's going to happen that okay. much. Uh, I, I, I mean, I do, I do like the idea because Jonte is clear. Like, it's not just when you talk about like live in game reps that he's had so far this year, Jonte has been on the field for more than more often than not. 
uh, from Malik Murphy, mm-hmm. just by nature of the second team offense being out there. And but so there, there's a lot more familiarity. Uh, DeAndre Moore as well. I maybe get some, maybe the, get those guys snaps worked in. But at the end of the day, it's just worthy. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Like yeah, you got, <laughs> you got like uh, there. There are more NFL wide receivers than just Worthy, Whittington, and AD, and JT. But for right now, <laughs> just you, 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 you hammer those dudes home. And then I will say this: if it's a thing where hey, there's a clear, there's a clear disconnect going on here, and they're not connecting. Yeah. Start start throwing in more of the second string guys, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like your job is to win the football game, and you want to put the best eleven on the field to win the football game. And if 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 he's not hitting the ball, if he's not connecting with Worthy and AD, then they're not the best eleven to win the football game. The best eleven's cooking more. So, yeah, no, I love that. So. This is a really interesting matchup to me because, again, we've got BYU coming in where we know that Sarkeesian still has a lot of ties. He talks to the coaches a lot. I think there's a lot of respect between the two programs, certainly a lot of respect between the coaching staff for both teams. But when we look at it, Texas is coming in with an unproven quarterback, you know, a a backup quarterback, no matter who it is. We're assuming it's going to be Murphy at this point. BYU does not rank very well. They don't protect well against the pass. They do much better against the run. Now, again, I will argue, you know, we've got I'm still a hand the rock to, to Brooks until they prove that they can stop him sort of thing. And but it is an interesting matchup when we look at it here. BYU has proven they can stop the run in their games thus far this season. They're better at stopping the run than they are passing. So I think that's going to be an interesting choice for the coaching staff. Do we trust where we know, you know, do we trust an unproven quarterback where we know our opponent is weaker to throw it in, be more accurate with his passes, have that kind of finesse going there versus that solid get it to get it to Brooks? Rocky, what are you thinking on that? What do, what do you see as a key matchup here? Um, my this is this is kind of a different take thought about this. I think the one person that is going to show us everything they got on. Saturday is actually Milwee behind the scenes. I feel like whatever development has been happening and um, what what's been happening behind the scenes with as Sark, you know, he's the QB guru, but he has Mil Milwee as his right hand man developing these QBs. What what all the work and strategy and you know Sark says he knows their favorite plays, all that. I think this is kind of an a, a understory that it's going to be the the Milwee show like. The puppet strings in the back. I don't know. Like, I just feel like this development, everything that's happening. And like you mentioned earlier, uh, Nash, about the the checkdowns, throwing it away. Those, those aren't necessarily losses, right? right? They If you can dink and dunk right, and work it down I'll the take, field. I'll take that over picking a sack. Oh, oh, taking a key sack or a turnover or, you know, what whatever, whatever the, you know, two of the three things when you throw the ball are bad, right? Um Taking taking those things show development, and let's see if uh, Malik, when when times are tough, if he can just work his way down the field. I don't want to say game manager, just control, but c- controlling it, moving it, um, staying within the plan. Sark says he knows the schemes, he knows what they're running, he knows why they're running it, which is a big. Everybody talked about not just what we're running, but why we're mm-hmm. running it. Malik knows why they're doing it, so if they can build on that over sixty minutes. 
I, I would love to see him, like you mentioned, just have the confidence. What key matchups are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like this is <clears throat> this is where I honestly say it's this goes to the versatility thing that I was talking about. Like, there's you can the BYU, yeah, they they they've been all right in the rush defense, but still, like like you said, versus Brooks and Baxter, especially if Baxter's healthy like this. Who looked? I, Baxter looked for the first time in a long time. He looked 100 percent at Houston. Yeah, I yeah, you saw you saw the flashes of this versus Kansas. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then he got hurt very early on versus uh, Oklahoma, which was unfortunate. But now that he's had that full bye week and he's actually looking like fully healthy, like you, the, that burst is legit uh, from Baxter. And that, that's, a, that's a big dude to have bursts like that. Absolutely. They're going to need yeah, their it's, own it's, 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 it's crazy. But it's just I'll honestly like I just want to see them go out and attack one face because they're, you can win in the pass game. You can also win by running the ball. And I want to see them – like, I want to see that out pitch this week. Uh, I know that this isn't necessarily a game that we need an out pitch, right? But I want to see that, you know, actually get used so that we can know it's there. All right. I like it. All right. So let's say this. I'm going to I'm gonna have you put your name on it. You think uh, – who do you think is going to be a breakout player for the BY for, – for Texas at the BYU game? Who's going to be – Offense or defense. Offense or, or special teams. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's just it's so easy to go with the uh, Malik Murphy uh, deal because and, and like Rockies, right? Like that the whole the AG AJ Melwe deal, like that's that's legit. And here's the deal: is if if you have a thing where Malik is legit and then Arch is legit too, I, that means AJ's legit. <laughs> right. and, that, and that and and I can promise you right now, other teams are watching that and. That could be a situation where Sark might might be needing to hire a uh, you. You might actually be seeing because right now AJ's on the sideline and Chris Jackson's in the sky. Uh, Chris <laughs> yeah. Jackson might be coming the next AJ Milwe for Steve Sarkeesian as far as like his uh, you know his 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 right hand man is like a right hand man in training right now. We'll see. That's just my possible theory on that. Considering AJ's doing a good job, and I mean especially if we see that you know come to fruition. I like it. Yeah, I like it's going to be well, hard to keep him, but yeah. Malik all right. So we, we'll have you down. We've got you as Malik's going to be going to have a great game. going to be our, our breakout player here. All right. Nash, put your name on it. What do you got as a score prediction? Spread is 17 and a half today. I've been, I've been terrible at score predictions. So I, <laughs> that's <laughs> all right. Are, we won't hold you. Y'all are asking a lot of me. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I, this, it'd be, it, if the I'm, I've said this, this is just a recurring thing of what I've said all and every single time that I've done one of these. I I just can't seeing these this team. This team should not be scoring points. Caden Slovis should not be scoring points against Texas. It's just backup secondary or not, it should be happening. So I'm gonna go with uh, six points for BYU, and I'll stick with a. Uh, I'll say thirty. Actually, you know what? I'll, I think that Malik Murphy might be able to be a little bit and this is where it could we could maybe get some more controversy is if we have a 48 point win uh, for 48 points for texas and six points from league murphy and this is the first blowout you're gonna look texas fans are already wild right now <laughs> just, just, i mean they've only hit 40 once which <laughs> surprises me when people pick 50 something like why we haven't hit we've only hit 40 once 
No, and it's it's like it's thirty one. It's mainly thirty one to thirty eight, and then there's that one with forty. So right, you're right in that range. All right, so you're taking BYU six. You saying Texas is gonna hit forty eight in this game? Look, this is just a, this is literally <laughs> just a dart. Okay, I Why told not? you, I've, I've been, I've been terrible. I, I I was I was overly critical last week, and that that kind of was whatever. But eh, it is what it is. I'm terrible with these things. So. All right, all right. I'm good with all the other predictions, but not score predictions. There we go. All right, Rocky, put your name on it. What oh, we're got? gonna do our our guess. You, you want to do that now? No, we're gonna do our all score right, predictions later. And when we do me. when we do our pickums, we just had to get you on the record. <laughs> all right, we're gonna thank you so much for joining us today, Nash. We appreciate it at Nash Talks Texas. Tell everybody where they can find you, when they can stream you, watch you. Yeah, uh, honestly, one of the best ways to support me is to. Uh, I do a morning show every morning with uh, Travis Gailey and Aaron Little. Get your horns up on Orange Bloods Live. I know the whole like sight wars thing and all that stuff. But <laughs> we're all friends here. Yeah, man. No, yeah. We're look. Hey, you we're, come we're, on this before. Is melding, this is a melding of the minds here. But absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you come on before our guys. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you can switch over to our guys. <laughs> so tune, tune in on that every uh, 6.30, 7.30 a.m. And uh, yeah. look, I. I it's funny. I, I actually got this uh, pillow. I've, I've always, I have never I been a morning do mornings. person yet. <laughs> and here you are doing mornings. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, man, we really appreciate having you, you here. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your insights as always. Y'all, if you're not following Nash Thanks. on Twitter, please do so. It's at Nash Talks Texas. Great stats. Same Great video. Yep, same handle for YouTube. As always, man, thank you for being here. We really appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you. Maybe we need to get y'all on too. Yeah, right, do do it. your hookup. Got it. Yeah, love I it. always got to do that at the end. There you go. All right, all right. Thanks, have Nash. a great have a great evening. Y'all going? <laughs> oh man, my all throat right. is getting dry. Well, this is the perfect time then. Perfect time. This is, I'm like literally choking <laughs> up. Thank you, Nash. That was amazing. And Richard has been patiently, patiently waiting um, for us to have happy hour. Have happy Thanks, hour, babe. Thanks, Richard. Cheers. As always, a little late today, but that is on us. Thank you, Richard. This is our happy hour. So it is his. Still, I think his bad heritage month. I think, um, yeah. So oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like really coughing. Oh gosh, don't die. <laughs> yes, Hispanic Heritage Month. So, well, what are we enjoying today? I don't know. Um, whatever Richard made. But so Friday night is the alumni event, mm-hmm. right? Um, and hold on, we'll get into that in just a second. Mm-hmm. I love it. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. But right. Go ahead. Well, tell cheers, about, cheers go. and tell yeah. about AV consultation. Absolutely. Careful, don't spill it on your computer. Well, first of all. I will not spill. Have to get that. It's nice, delicious. Oh, little dude, that is good. He always makes good. It's really man. good. I think it's like peach mango juice or it, something. It is. You know what? This would be delicious. What? Is sitting downstairs in a nice little man cave with TVs all around. Oh, uh, in your own TV room. In the own TV room, installed of course by AV T- Consultations. So again, y'all, stop spending your money and time driving around the city looking for expensive drinks waiting in line to get in to sports bars yeah having to save chairs for your friends not being able to hear anything it's no fun stop doing that and make your home the place to be for friends family and yourself with a custom tv hookup from av consultations they've been in business since 1988 and can hook you up the way that they've hooked up thousands of central texans over the years so whether it's home theater whether you're looking for a man cave or a she shed or a woman cave i'm i'm digging that uh, setup or an outdoor hookup even, or even security. They do security as well. AB Consultations has you covered. So give them a call, 512-255-8678, or visit them online at abconsultations.com. There you go. All right, get, the, get the setup. Richard said it's called Mango P. 
beach punch or something oh, like well, that. He does do beach. He would. Know. He he does beach. Okay, so this and okay, we're gonna keep it real because we we got to keep it real. All right. Um, the UT Hispanic Alumni Association has an alumni event every year, mm-hmm. and um, last year Nadia and I went and we got all dressed up. It was it it, it was it was okay. Um, so we sat with a big group of people, mm-hmm. um, and we all. The point is to go and meet people, you know, network, network. and mm-hmm. you know make new friends. We had a big group of people at our table. And I just had crazy deja vu right now. Did you? I did. Um, probably a drink. Probably the drink. <laughs> Already giving you hallucinations. There we go. I don't even think there's alcohol in it. <laughs> How do you? Um, anyway, so the um, we sat at a table and they played Loteria, the bingo, right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, I'm not going to accuse them, but it was just interesting how the same table of donors were the ones who won everything. Every, hmm. the, the, the table with the donors. You're saying the they, election was rigged. No, I'm <laughs> saying what a coincidence that only this is statistically interesting. Only the table with, and not only that, not only was it one. I think one woman won twice. The same. Like, it was odd that just those tables of big donors won the the prize bags. All right. Not only that, as we were getting frustrated at our table, um, the we were like, hmm, they've never called. Calavera, or they never called Bandera, or what? Like the whole night. Some of us never could fill half of our cards because some things never got called after like seven or eight rounds I'm, of the I'm cards. Sensing a conspiracy theory. No, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> to be clear, it's a huge coincidence. So you think it'll be different this year? That only the donor tables won. And some of ours never got even called. Have you taken action? No. Because whatever. (laughs) It went for a good cause. And so anyway, so we're going Friday night. (laughs) I'll be the white girl there. There, There's all kind of people. There's all kind of people. Um, And so... The, we're gonna we oh, have a table yeah. we we donated for a fire the cannon oh this is my issue this year and i've emailed them and they have yet to respond if um, hispanic alumni association um <laughs> i donated a little extra for a table for four and with the advertising mm-hmm. and da da so we could put fire the cannon at texas sports and filtered and blah 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 haven't seen it no response and i emailed them can i find out where to send our ad because we paid for one Oh, that deadline's passed. Well, how come nobody ever told, I wrote back, y'all never asked me for my stuff. You never asked me, blah, blah, blah. Like we paid for an ad and now we're nowhere to be a sponsor when we paid for a sponsor. Yeah, that's that's not great management there. So well, I'm going to tell like it is. I have a feeling. But I'll still be there with my cute Latin something shirt. Right. We'll be there in support, but I have a feeling that will be a conversation. Yeah. That will be had. It'll be part of the after, <laughs> what do you call it when you go aftermath, when the... The they, party? No, no, no. When when you get together after an event to break down all the things that went. Well, oh, the um, uh, the recon, like your yeah, I know. Well, what you're recon's to say. in advance. I know. Yeah, you know what I, know I mean. What you're trying to say. Do y'all know what that is? When you somebody somebody throw it in the chat because it it's, it's going to drive me crazy me. with that word. When you the like the after right, not the aftermath, but the, whatever. When you go back and say all the things that we should do, you review everything. Yeah, yeah. That no. I have things for the Hispanic Alumni Association. I like it. But I'll still be there. Well, let's talk a little bit more. I know we we were yes. waiting for our, our drinks because God forbid we miss happy hour for sure. But um, yeah, so MG, you have a great oh, question yeah. here. Let's see. Um, curious if Malik can play well for an extra game uh, or entire game, unlike 
hey, now this is where I'll argue with you a little bit, who's typically great for two quarters and not great for two quarters. Um, I would argue that this isn't necessarily a Quinn Ewers thing. I think there's been some inconsistencies. I am not willing to say all of those inconsistencies have been Quinn, right? So you can't be a bad half of every game and be six and one. Right. But I will say, yeah, that is a really good question. I think there's a lot of, you know, uncertainty, unknowns about Malik Murphy. Again, everything that we've seen and heard coming out of practice, I mean, even in off season, even mm-hmm. in spring camp, Murphy's he's the, he's there, he's showing up, he's always ready to go. He's got first that, one in the locker room, right. last one out. All the teammates said that right. same thing. And he's got that leadership mentality. Mm-hmm. I don't see Murphy being a guy that fizzles. I think he's well, very mentally. Prepared. We know he's in shape. Right. We know he's right. physically fit. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I think he's <laughs> mentally prepared. He's definitely physically there. He's ready. Um, I think I don't think Murphy being unprepared or unconditioned is going to be an issue at all. I I I see him being there and ready. Yeah, oh no, I don't think I don't think that's it. I, I hopefully when we when we listen to Sark's press conference, he talked about um, at the, they've been building up over months of practices, mm-hmm. a year and a half, two years already, mm-hmm. almost of uh, practices with Malik. Even though he was injured, they still off and on over that time. They had still been building up this catalog of plays that he likes, that mm-hmm. he's good at, that he wants to run. Mm-hmm. And they've built that for Quinn and they're building it for Arch. So I feel like over, especially if he had just got here this past spring, I would be way more worried. A year and a half, oh, almost two years in the same system, um, learning under Sark, learning under Millwee, um, putting together the packages he likes. I trust that Sark, like he says all the time, is going to put him in the best position to win. Mm-hmm. We've seen Sark when Sark's in his bag and he's calling those plays. We've seen it. The you know the, um, when he came back at OU, on the road at Bama, at at Baylor. Like there's points where Sark is in his bag. There's going to be adjustments when he's now calling for Malik. Things are going to be different because sure. he hasn't seen Malik have to come in with the pressure of the whole game. Holding a lead, he's had to do that a couple of times. Um, but starting the game and being the one that determines that momentum, we're going to have to trust that Sark is Sark is prepared and they've been communicating all the last couple of years, but also more importantly, this last week, knowing he's QB1 right. or that we assume he him or Arch that they are QB1 and they're ready for that. Yeah, look, I think that's something we've heard as a running theme is being prepared, being ready, being prepared. So I don't see this being an issue with, you know, longevity or or conditioning being an issue with Malik at all. Where I am a little bit curious, we know that Texas fans often criticize Sark. I, I'm one of them. I've done this too for getting a little too conservative at times. Like you or said, too cute. When he's in his bag, he's running well. He's, mm. I mean, this he is a creative mind. Our offense has so much potential here. There have been times that Texas tends the play calling gets conservative. He, we get comfortable with the lead. Mm-hmm. We get a little vanilla. We get a little like to, to, they take the foot off the brake. Right. It's, it, it stops being all gas. That is where I think is going to be a really interesting dynamic. Is Sark going to trust Malik or who, whoever the starter is again, we're, we're assuming it's Malik. Is he going to trust him with that all gas mentality right out of the bag? And throw stuff at him so that he is staying all gas because we heard Sark say himself, it is my job to put our players 
in the best position to be successful in the best, mm -hmm. best position to win. So I don't know if there's going to be a bit of the let's ease him into it. And this, you know, this is his first start uh, uh, for Texas. Is there going to be that mentality of easing him in a little more conservative play, handing the ball off, running it a bit more, and then seeing how it goes? Or is it going to be a effort? We, we trust our guy. We know what he's doing. Let's open it up from the get-go. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think if Malik is confident, prepared, let him go. Mm -hmm. why, why put training wheels on – if they feel – if they're confident, like they say all the time, their preparation, their development, their, you know, the game plan, if they are confident in those things, just go. Let, mm -hmm. him, let him – don't hold him back because when you – when you hold people back, they can feel that too. Mm -hmm. So if you if you come in, he's confident, you're confident in him. The team has rallied around him. Mm -hmm. You know, publicly they've made lots of comments about how they're they're behind mm -hmm. him. They're gonna do whatever they can to make him comfortable to support him. The defense has even said they're gonna step up to make it, you know, to help out Malik. Um, I think all that together, if you hold him back, he's going to know he's being helped. Just let him play. Yeah. Let him be free. Let him, you know, be natural. If you say he's a natural passer and he understands the plan, let him go. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I love that mentality where I do worry a little bit. I'm a worrier. Wait, did mm. Ryan, did Ryan Wingo commit? Cause we were Wait. about to talk about this at 415 was <laughs> the, uh, his commitments at 415. Let us know what happened with that. I have him. I should get an alert with he tweets. <laughs> um, yeah, we have the top 10 sports news right now. And one of them was Ryan Wingo's yep. starting. We, it was no. Three minutes. Yes. This is good. Wait. Well, <laughs> it's good today. It's it's good. So we Wait, just. Ryan listen. Wingo was supposed to be all Missouri. That, yeah. Melissa. Let's move that up to the number one of the top 10 sports. Read it. What does yeah, it say? Uh, so breaking news. Five star uh, receiver Ryan Wingo. This is a, a Hayes faucet. We know we oh, it, him. I, has committed to Texas. What? So it looks like we stole one from Mizzou there, maybe a little bit. Oh, okay. Breathe. Thank you. you gotta breathe. Thank you, NIL. Because <laughs> this, let's go ahead and start our 10th. Let's get into it. That This well, is great. Thank you, breaking news. Ryan Wingo. Um, probably one of the hardest decisions I made for sure, having to pick something over a school that's rising and close to home. Megan and, I, and I, Megan and I have been talking about this. Megan said, <laughs> Ryan Wingo. I'm like, no, he's in Missouri. He's right there. He's a St. Louis kid. His mom is there. They're offering NIL as well. They are on a roll right now winning. And he, wow. Well, we got him. Got I am him. Don't shocked. Care, not <laughs> I like it. Well, that's awesome. We can definitely dive into that. Thank you for the heads up, Scott. Wow. That is awesome. I, 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 thought he was going I'm shocked you, you can be pleasantly surprised okay well let's, let's talk about him so he's 96.6 rating mm -hmm. five star consensus everywhere mm -hmm. he is the top uncommitted as of a few minutes ago he was the top uncommitted prospect in the nation in the nation mm -hmm. oh my goodness I love it so you have, are you okay? I feel like you had a very I'm sure reaction, <laughs> like visceral reaction. If here. it if it hit and, and <laughs> you know, I've heard people, you know, a few people, different people say because in Missouri, mm -hmm. the way their NIL is different, he can commit to them, take some money, and then go ahead and sign to Texas in December. There was no reason for him to rush to commit to Texas when he could have gotten some Missouri money along the way. So that's very, very I'm shocked. All the crystal balls were to Missouri. Yep. They were leaning Missouri for sure. 
Um, well, I think again, that's the power. Of wow! Yeah, good job, power of Texas. Good job, sir. Right, that's power of Texas. Wow! And it's it's I'm I, legit shot. That's a testament for sure. To, Thank you uh, for letting us know, Scott. <laughs> testament for sure uh, to this coaching staff. So wow! So again, like <laughs> that's a, that's actually a good. I told Megan now. Nah, <laughs> yeah, I I was wow. I was hopeful for Texas. You were. Um, wow. So. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I, I trust this staff. I know that a lot of Texas fans like to be really critical, but... Well, it's not that I don't trust the staff, but go, staying close to home, a team that's playing so well right now. And he was at their games like over and over yep. when they were winning big games. Well, wow. There's some opportunities here. So Good job, Texas staff. Absolutely. That adds up to, uh, you know, again, we're seeing having that depth. Uh, where we've where we haven't always had depth with, mm. at Texas. It's nice that we're still pulling folks in. This is what is in the cocktail, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Steven, she's real excited about this. I think these do. Is that? Are you just wanting the recipe? <laughs> Richard makes them. And it's usually some combination ish of um, fruit juices, triple sec. He likes to squeeze lime or something, and then. It's well, basically a peach mango margarita. Yeah, something like that. Or a Cosmo kind of thing. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great news for Texas. Um, good little good little boost there. Wow. So, again. <laughs> so shocked. So, let's let's finish up the conversation with Houston. Okay, yes. Um, so, again, or looking forward to BYU. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking about having Malik prepped. We know that he's he's got plays that he's comfortable with. Sark is talking about that. Every quarterback, the coaches, it's a weekly conversation about with each quarterback. Tell us the plays you like to run. Tell us where you feel good. I don't know that we see, I mean, again, I could be completely wrong and this might be the last thing they would expect. So maybe that's why we're doing it. I don't know that there's going to be a huge deep shot down the field immediately. I do. It'd be kind of cool to see. I do. But I would, I, the, the risk that he runs with that is if we don't, have some success early that might be a mentality issue right like that could get in the get in murphy's head now all of that said i think that murphy is more than prepared i think he is more than prepared than most backup quarterbacks mm -hmm. um i expect him to have a huge game this this game you know i know nash had picked him as a, a breakout player i do I think mean, that's a that's maybe if anyone, needs the to, obvious if anyone needs to have a breakout game on Saturday, it would be Malik. <laughs> right. Um, but I do think we're going to see, again, we've got to get some more consistency from the O-line. Uh, you know, we had had some struggles on the edge. Uh, Hopefully he insp inspires a spark. Right. Right. Yes. So, and again, he's got that pocket presence. Um, hopefully what I really am going to be looking for is a key to Texas being successful as a key to Malik being successful is making smart choices quickly. That, I think, is going to be really telling early on in the game. If he is reading, seeing, and making those choices quickly, Texas is going to be fine. I, I'm or not if the O-line is giving him enough time to make right. those. Either way, if he's he, having enough time, it whether it means him being quick or the O-line giving him enough time. It's got to be both. It, it's got to be both. Yeah, and it's going to be different every play. So I like it. All, All right. right. And well, we will make our picks soon. Yep. But we'll make our score prediction soon. All mm -hmm. right. But let's, let's, let's go ahead, if you're ready – get into the top 10 sports things yeah let's do it all right so we just did one which was ryan we don't, i can't believe he loves that you were like really having a moment here I, i'm shocked <laughs> and like i said i was telling you missouri everybody's saying missouri why would he go from missouri like he can take money now with with their nil deal like not that he's a, i'm not saying he's a money kid after money i'm saying 
the it factors in. high school athletes in Missouri are allowed to get money early. Yeah, that's like, all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So anyway, wow, that's I'm shocked. Okay, so let's let's do the top. That's number one, I guess. Right now, number one, uh, we had it to come at four fifteen, but we're running a little behind. That's okay. We'll get it off. <laughs> Astros Rangers, you were at the game. This, I was at game six. This will be number two. Astros Rangers, you were at game six yeah. Sunday night, and they're really gonna make me talk about this. Yes, because. They said it's only happened one other time in Major League. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big Major League Baseball stat person, but they said it's only happened mm -hmm. one other time, and it was like half this staff that's with the Rangers now. Yeah. That in 2019, the only other time that the away game, the, the away, away team, team won every game. Right. How? It was a way field advantage this year. It was that just. It was weird. How does that happen? How does and it wasn't. Um, I'm going to say it was a butt kick in the last two games. Yeah, it was. I mean, look, they stepped up. The Astros had a similar game uh, last game at Globe Life. And I'm going to say this again. I hate Globe Life with an undying passion. Isn't it like passion. a shape? shape it like looks like a, a like a grill, like a juice box, or something. like a grill. It was supposed <laughs> to be. Uh, the the renderings look gorgeous, mm -hmm. but they were way over budget. And I the, the issue I have with it is once you get inside, it feels soulless. There's not a lot yeah. of character in there. Yeah. There are stairways and hallways that go to literally nowhere, like down to dead end. Is it because they're not finished with where they're? No, it's because go? it's a stupid design. Uh, I hate that. I hate that stadium. Uh, and I've been there plenty of times for Texas baseball. But okay. listen, hats off to the Rangers. I it broke my heart to be there. It was a lot of fun. We watched uh, it on got TV. To, got to reconnect with with some of our favorite Houston uh, Texas baseball players that are from Houston. Um, I got to to watch it a little bit uh, with a, a certain one who I will protect their name to be to keep them so sweet safe so sweet <laughs> yeah but listen it was a fun time I will say what I enjoyed sitting with this particular baseball player literally he was watching every pitch and we were we were along the first baseline mm -hmm. as the pitch was coming out of his hand he would say nope yep nope yep if it was a strike or not and he. Had almost everyone accurate. I was like, well, now I'm ruined for watching yeah. games. Just sit with me for every game I ever yeah, watch. I'm going to need you on the phone. But yeah, <laughs> it, it was painful. And it was, well, you know, the uh, the scene from The Wedding Singer where somebody kill me, please. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was kind of it got my feeling. It got uglier and uglier. It did. Now, you are you going, do you care? Rangers, D-backs, do you care? No. You don't even know. I, I, I mean, I would I would for? want the team from Texas to win. That's fair. Other than that, I don't care. And I'm going to give an unpopular take for a lot of Astros fans. Like, I'm going to root for the Rangers. Yeah. And I grew up in Austin. I cheer for Texas teams, right? I'm not from Houston. I'm not from Dallas. Yeah, I saw I a great tweet that Texas over Houston <laughs> happened three times this weekend. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was rough. Um, but yeah, I, listen, I know there's a lot of Astros fans that are coming out and supporting the D-backs, which is great. Listen, Ivan Melendez might get called up for the D-backs. So oh, maybe you switch a little bit. Oh, I'm a switch. I am not loyal. I don't know. I, we'll I, I, I ain't loyal. <laughs> <laughs> to, no. to baseball teams. And okay. where I will default is that, you know, I was I grew up in Round Rock. I went to Round Rock High. Mm -hmm. um, my parents have been Round Rock Express season ticket holders since day one. Oh, and the Express have gone back and forth between being a Rangers club and an Astros club. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ten times or something ridiculous. So uh -huh. I'll support either. I I don't. I, I am an Astros fan, a Tigers fan, but I can support the Rangers. I can get down for that. So yeah, flavored shots of tequila. I like it. All right. Sure. So, why not? Next story. We, All right, moving you on. Bring this one up. Um, yes, you're a Michigan <laughs> State person, so let's talk about Michigan. Uh, Jim Jim Harbaugh, and we'll just touch on this really briefly yeah. because uh, Jim Harbaugh. Everybody knows the Michigan sign stealing. 
go to Megan's Twitter today and go see the video <laughs> she reposted. Um, From where, SEC Shorts. It's so funny where they make fun of the Michigan um, staffer. Like, Just how stupid How this stupid thing is. it is yeah. to still these signs. Okay. Whether or not it's blatant, dirty, ugly cheating, or it's just play, playing in the gray area of the game, right? Everyone has their own opinion. It's not gray area. It is explicitly against NCAA well, rules. No. Oh, it is against the rules. Whether or not you think it's a gray area and everybody does it, mm -hmm. it's against the rules, right? Mm -hmm. And and then to do it, like, let me just, <laughs> let me put these on my credit card. Let me be on the sidelines wearing yeah. Michigan gear. Yeah. And let me go to 30 games. Let me hold my phone up and record the whole time. <laughs> and let, and let, me, and let me hold a big piece of paper with the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Look, I, you know, Sark was asked this. Everybody's oh, yeah. being asked Talk this. About that. Uh, Sark, Sark was asked this in the presser uh, about how he feels about sign stealing and if it's a it's an issue. And he was pretty blunt about it. He said, yeah, it is an issue on every level of college football. It It happens. Um, and it is frustrating because right. it obviously makes it harder to execute when the other team knows what you're going to do. He likened it, you know, we we're just talking about baseball, likened it to a hitter obviously has a lot more success Knowing if they know the what pitch. pitch is coming. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I listen, I, there are some comical pieces to this, <laughs> but, but I do think, <laughs> I mean, so funny. I know, but ultimately it is something that needs to be addressed. Now, mm -hmm. I think this is becoming a pretty big thing because it is Michigan. They are a blue blood. They Number are doing in the really well. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see if the toothless NCAA actually does anything they about it. They don't have any power. Right. I they mean, they can't tell you hand over your bank accounts or hand over these documents. They don't have the power well, to do anything. You have to volunteer things to them. Not like, on this level. They So for this level of violation, they can investigate. They can find things out. And if it is found that Michigan is violating this rule, there can be sanctions. Now, we know that Jim Harbaugh is mixed up in some lower level violations yeah, didn't he like have to sit out sleepovers and stuff like that yeah oh yeah it's silly <laughs> but it's been going on for a while so yeah. i do think on some level there is going to be that's going to factor into the ncaa i but, mean accumulating all these infractions but ultimately ultimately i would be shocked if the ncaa actually does anything about it just because i feel like they are an absolutely worthless institution yeah. and don't do much so It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's one thing to say, well, they they can know all my like right. freaking Dion. They can know all my plays. They still got to stop it. That's a, but yeah, that's a, not the point. If yeah. if you work hard to put together a plan and they know it, then they're two steps ahead of you, and it's right. not well fair. And look, fair. I, I'm 100 going to blame. It's definitely not Michigan State being absolute trash this year. Absolute trash. They're this trash year. this year. It was an awful game to watch. Oh, 49-0. I know. Can you imagine? Now I know what it feels like. Can you imagine like losing it. to a rival 49-0? to It's not fun. That Sooners. would be the worst. I know what you feel like now. That but, would be the worst. But, um, <laughs> but Ohio State is actually coming out now. And now that's a huge rivalry. That would be the equivalent of Texas or OU saying they weren't going to play each other because of this potential violation. Mm. Uh, you know, Ohio State's coming out and saying they're thinking about not playing Michigan. I would be, again, shocked if that actually No, you know how many donors need that game? Well, but, yeah. you know, if anybody could, if anything could actually push forward some action, it would be Ohio State backing out of this game. 
I, but I, you know, it's probably one thing to say it, but the actual contractual right. obliga obligations that go on for years and years. Well, and there's playoff implications there too. Yes. You know, both teams are. If are, you take a forfeit, what if you say, we're not playing this game. Okay. You take a forfeit to your rival, to your loss. And then that, right. Exactly. I that, don't know how that works, but how does that affect playoffs? That, that could be really, really, really interesting. So yes, the Venables has been involved with that stuff too. Steve, thanks for bringing that up. Um, LSU oh, has been on it for a while. Mm -hmm. Venables um, stole some signs. Let's go ahead and talk about Venables next. Okay. We up. actually have a Ven. Oh no, no, no. We don't have Venables. We have a Clemson. We have a Cle <laughs> a Clemson thing. Let's talk about it. So um, we one of Dabo our Sweeney's Dab comments. Dabo Sweeney's comments. So if you watch the end of their double overtime game with Miami, C Cade Klubnik, our little Westlake sweetheart, um, he's he's mobile and speedy, but to put it in his hands on fourth and goal and fake the handoff and have him run sideways and expect him to turn up and get, he got tackled at the nine, almost the 10. And of course that was it's almost like devastating. Faking it, it was so bad. It was almost like faking <laughs> it on the long field goal attempt. Um, the, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. Dabo said, yeah, he's on suicide watch. And he, he's, yeah. he didn't literally, he didn't literally mean club Nick's on suicide watch, but it was a silly, flippant, could have chose better words. In today's day think? and age, listen, I, I'm not one to get like riled up over things or I, I tend to we all We offended. all use not the right words. Sometimes. Yeah, I've said dumb shit in my life. I And I try not to get offended at the drop of a hat. That being said, this was a really, really dumb thing to say. Because there are kids who really get death threats. Right. And, and for games like this. And not just that, but... Again, we're we need to put more emphasis, and and then this is something that I'll give Herman credit. He did. Sark staff does a good job. There has to be emphasis on mental health. Mental health, and to make that kind of like flippant joke about it, ah, I just he am I personally words better. Yeah, am I personally offended? No. Do I think it was really stupid and speaks to his absolute lack of awareness? Yes, agree. That being said, I'm not a huge Dabo Sweeney fan either. Never have been. So this kind of lines up with me. But he sleeps with his mom. He's a douchebag. Anyway, all go right. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. We're moving on. Uh, yeah, he shared a bed yeah. with his mom. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. Um, so Georgia, mm -hmm. Michigan, number one and number two. The strength of schedule, Georgia, 109. Michigan, 110. Mm -hmm. Should they be ranked number one and two when they have one of the worst strength of schedules in the entire FBS? Listen, this has been a conversation. This is not new. Right. There's been a lot of arguments. I mean, we for, for reference, Texas has the sixth hardest strength schedule. Right. Um, this has been a, an argument that has been going on for years and years and years, especially within the SEC. Mm -hmm. scheduling, oh, cup, so hard. scheduling cupcakes early, scheduling cupcakes, you know, late, late, late in the season on their break from SEC Playing games. bad SEC teams. Yeah. So I. Ugh, I think it's chicken shit. I'd, I feel like to be the best, you have to beat the best. Mm. But in the way the way that the current system is set up, it's playing the game, right? It's They are giving themselves the advantage by scheduling teams that might not be so hard to beat on when they can. I hate it. I think it cheapens the sport. I think it cheapens the value of where they're ranked. I think it cheapens all that. But ultimately, until the rules change or strength of schedule factors more into the decision of rankings, 
it's going to keep happening. So and just so you know, for OU 47th, because people are going to say OU's schedule is so tough. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. <laughs> rugby World Cup finals are this weekend. We have been talking about, we'll just be quick with the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> uh, my Argentina is playing Richards England Friday at two. For the? For the third, fourth place. Right. Sorry. Yes. Right. I, yeah. Thank you. Yes. For the third, fourth place, um, our England will destroy Argentina. They've already played <laughs> them. And they were even a man down. And all they did was... Drop, drop, kick, drop, kick, and they beat Argentina with 14 men. So that's fine. And, and England, again, Richard will be upset. Y'all might fight. Richard but. was trying to watch the England game yes, at, the at the end tailgate. of at the Houston, yeah, at the tailgate, trying mm -hmm. to watch it. But anyway, so that's Friday at two, and then Saturday, I think it's two. I think it's two o'clock our time. New Zealand, South Africa, Southern Hemisphere again. South Africa, <laughs> New Zealand again. That's fine, but. Um, well, I'll have my, listen, you I'm be in South, Africa. South Africa. Yeah, I've got jersey. my rugby jersey from when we were over there. Yeah. I love my South Africans that you introduced me to. I, I love them both. I, I want South Africa to win, of course. All right, moving on. All right. Okay. Emmanuel Acho, yep. long, lifetime Longhorn. And this, he, I, I like that he just says what he says yeah. and let the heat come. Yeah. Okay. Acho don't give a F. Acho doesn't care, which is which <laughs> I respect. Okay, this was we're talking about Caleb Williams. And you and I were watching the USC game. We were at the Connors house Saturday night after mm -hmm. the Texas game. Mm -hmm. And they have a, a great setup in awesome. the backyard. I, I never want to ever leave. Oh, that, that was a great backyard with yeah. the TV and couches and beautiful pool. Mm -hmm. And we were hanging out and we were watching the USC game. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about it in a minute. Well, we have time. Um but we were watching so Caleb Williams, another L. Mm -hmm. The team, not just Caleb, but another L. Acho said in a tweet, with national championship hopes gone, Caleb Williams should consider sitting out the rest of the season. The Heisman is a long shot. College football playoffs are even less likely, and he won't play even he won't play in the bowl game. The risk of playing far outweighs the reward. Business decision. Do you agree that he should I just think sit out that the rest is the, the dumbest, most selfish thing ever? Listen, I will I understand why players certain players do that in bowl games i hate mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. as a fan of the sport as a fan of my team i hate it you know but i get it i i will never knock a player for making that kind of decision especially when they're guaranteed big money they know they're going to go first round yeah i, I get or it. even be drafted if you know you're going to be drafted i get it yeah but that's a bowl game mm -hmm. this is to me, if if that is a decision that players are making in the regular season now, forget the entire concept of team sports. Forget the entire concept of playing for pride, of, of being a team player, of being a coachable player. I just think, I think that is such a selfish thing to do. And truly, in my opinion, maybe I'm overstating this, but... I feel like that goes against every concept and principle of what team sports are supposed to be about. Right. I, I would struggle with that. What are your thoughts on so it? So we we agree that we understand why players would sit out a bowl, mm -hmm. a bowl game, mm -hmm. and an insignificant bowl game. If you made it to a New Year's Day bowl or a playoff, that's up to the player to decide if that risk is worth um, risking if you know you're going to be drafted in the NFL. Like you're looking at the next – three, 10, 15 years, if you're lucky and millions and millions of dollars, right? right? Over a bowl game. I mean, the Alamo bowl, heck no. I have no, I mean, even though 
That's probably why we lost the game. No Roshan. I mean, that's exactly why we lost the game. No Bijan and Roshan. However, I have no problem with them sitting that game out because they're in the NFL making good money and they have to look ahead. What is the what does an Alamo Alamo Bowl win do for anyone? For the fans, for the program, for the players that maybe aren't gonna move on, like that's which that's is a an great opportunity for them to play. I get it, but that's fine. But also, and again, this is selfish as a fan. I get that, but I spend a lot of money to go to games, and I, I'm invested in the team, and it's and it's frustrating to me, especially like Alamo Bowl for Texas. It's not as big a deal as a fan because I can drive down 35 in the same day, right? I get it, but. If I'm going to New Orleans or I'm flying to a destination to watch my team play, I want to know that they're just as excited I, about being there I, as I am. I can tell you right now, if Texas is in the Alamo Bowl this year, I do not <laughs> expect to see Worthy playing. I do not right. expect to see Sanders it. playing. I get it. I might not even expect to see Quinn playing. I'm not saying. We should just know that. I'm not saying they will. No, I'm, I'm just saying, saying I, I understand. Oh, I don't love it because yeah. I want my team to win with all the best talent that got us to that bowl. But – I understand. However, sitting out six weeks in, seven weeks Garbage. in, that to me is a little too much selfish. Then why don't you just sit out the whole year? Because you knew you were going to be drafted first round. Right. And yeah, I see somebody said that he doesn't think. Um, yeah, I like this. How would the move go down in NFL locker room? I agree. Yeah. Again, if, if I'm looking as a coach, an NFL coach, and see that a player. Now, again, we know NFL is different than college. I get that. For me, and maybe I'm too old school in my thinking, I feel like that kind of decision, you're leaving your coaches high and dry, you're leaving your team high and dry. To me, if I'm an NFL coach, I'm looking at that and saying, well, if that's your mentality and all you're worried about is you, like I would rather have a player that's about the team and that is going to fight for the team and be a part of the team. And that is, like I said, just everything about that kind of decision to me goes against what football and team sports are supposed to be about. I see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Let's be quick. Let's move on. Spurs tonight. I so I was talking to you before we started the show. I, for a long time, I've been a big Thunder fan. They had Abaka and Westbrook and KD mm-hmm. and Harden, and I was like all in, and I was all Thunder, and I would go to see them when they would come to San Antonio. Blah blah blah. And San Antonio has always been like my two team, kind of like I have uh, Titans and Cowboys. I've okay. always had, and which is weird because they're rivals thunder and spurs but san antonio right here and san antonio embraces the hispanic culture and they do lots of fun things um so i'm like you know what i haven't really even cheered or watched the thunder in forever so i'm gonna go ahead and move them to two you're going back and i'm going i'm bringing the spurs back up why not and i'm calling it before the season because tonight wemby his big debut so that's gonna be fun everybody's looking for victor Wen Banyama. Yeah, good luck. Wemby. I'm sticking with Wemby. Wemby is great. Because I will inevitably If he If he up. doesn't mind being called Wemby, then that's cool. If he wants to be called Wembanyama, I'm going to call Wembanyama. But they play the Mavs at San Antonio tonight. Um, number one prospect in forever. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal. I retweeted today the video when San Antonio staff, the, the, the uh, office staff, whatever, when they saw that they got Spurs, when they got Wemby. <laughs> Like, oh, it's like you with when we just got when we was, yeah when we just got <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on I like it's it it's only because it's news Baylor does why are you sending your daughters to this school <laughs> yeah not okay uh, guilty in a court of law yesterday Baylor was found let's be very clear Baylor, Baylor was found guilty in a court of law guilty in a court of law for negligence and not handling another rape case they've settled some out of court 
they were held account. They're going to, they faced a jury. They have to pay fines. They prove that this is not enough. No, but it's it, not enough. But it reinforces what anybody outside of Waco has been saying is that Baylor in the place is going to take care of victims. Baylor, Baylor is in the place that's going to keep students safe. No. Yeah. They, and they proved that they went to all the places they were supposed to report and not enough was done. Mm -hmm. Combine that with now they don't even have to investigate sexual harassment because it's against their, if, if it's against their religion. It's a private school. Okay. Yeah. Why are you sending your daughters to this school? All right. Moving on. Yeah. Um, Texas is the only school in the state, the only university in the state who is already bowl eligible after eight weeks. I don't hate it. I love it. I do. One went away. Guess who's one went away. Guess. Uh, one went away. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at it, <laughs> oh, so no, that's man. probably cheating. No, okay, sorry, you're looking at it. But what I will throw in is that the New Mexico State Fighting Aggies mm. became bowl eligible before the Fighting Farmers of and they moved up into Texas FBS or whatever it was last night. Mm -hmm. I, I watched the game. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they are bowl eligible. It's not the Aggies you would thought we would think Before, would be eligible first but yeah here and, we are. and they've been really bad a long time extend jimbo yeah i like pay it. him so one went away smu texas state bobcats two wins away tcu a&m ut utsa UTEP. rice or, utep utsa that's the road UTSA, yep. and then who cares about the rest of them? all right <laughs> must went out utep that i think that's a tall order yeah and utep goes to sam houston state tonight and you you sam houston state is 0-7, but they're actually favored tonight at home. All right. Let's interesting. All right. Like let's it. let's talk real quick um, before we move to our picks because we are flying. We got to hurry. We won't get to all the <laughs> we've been just talking, uh, which is great because we had Nash. So let's talk about like, let's let's not worry about it. All talking right. on a talk show is crazy. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, we have like by this point, we were going to be way into other things. <laughs> I'm just saying. We need three hours. <laughs> BK, three hours. No, no, we're kidding. We're kidding. All right, go ahead. Let's All right. do this. Covert, before we move to our picks, we always like to give you a shout out to Covert Auto Group. It's a family-owned group of automotive dealerships that serve the greater Austin area for over 100 years. Since its inception, the team at Covert Auto Group has been committed to providing customers with high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles as well as outstanding service and customer satisfaction. So go out to Covert Bee Cave. It's 42 acres. We were out there a few weeks ago. It's beautiful. Um, in Bee Cave, Texas, just not far. Just grab your, make we'll your, hop in a put skip. a little coffee in your mug and get out there. Um, they are located in Bee Cave, Texas. They have Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. They also have Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto, Ford, Lincoln, and Austin. So visit covertbcave.com for the latest specials and inventory. And I was just talking to my son today about his Jeep. Like maybe you should go to Covert and do something with your Jeep. Maybe they can help you out. And because um, he's kind of upside down, maybe he can get hook it up. Maybe they can hook him up. I bet they can. I like it. All right. So we're going to talk picks. We're going to get into it's time to make our picks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Are, are we recapping first? Yeah. Let's do a quick, quick. The, the biggest things that happened. We can happen. skip that first one. We can skip that first one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that Michigan beat Michigan State 49 0. <laughs> God, that must suck to lose 49 0. You know what? Enough. Um, OSU, Ohio State never trailed Penn State and yep. they pulled it off yep. um, at home. Wow. That was one I was wrong about. I had picked Penn State to upset. I picked Ohio, Ohio State. State to win and cover. Mm -hmm. They did. Mm -hmm. Washington, slow. Slow. Okay, for all the people who are stressed about Texas not doing well <laughs> on the road for someone's Super Bowl, Washington struggled at home and yeah. could have lost to Arizona State, and they survived. 
and they're alive, and that's all that matters. Take an ugly win. Take it. That was an ugly win. We were watching that game. It was. It was. Um, also, ugly win at home, OU. Number six, OU, at home against UCF. That's yeah. another one that, again, and, and this was a game that OU – they were lucky to escape this one because it was and a, they did. Yeah, it was a missed uh, mm-hmm. two point conversion. That right, it uh, was a stupid play. The the like the lateral they were going for the double pass, but it was sl- so slow developing. When you're a program like UCF, you go for the win, you go for the points because they're not going to outlast. Oh no, I'm you, just saying. But uh, I mean, they I get had, it. They had but, a choice but to go for two to tie it up, but that play call was wasn't great. Confusing. Wasn't great against a good defense with like OU. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Oh, Mac Brown. Oh, the fighting Mac The Browns. fighting Mac Browns. They were 24-point favorites at home, and they lost again to Virginia. So, again, Texas fans, things could be worse. So, Texas fans. <laughs> <laughs> again. Uh, so, yeah, the fighting Mac Browns had a really rough game. Didn't look great. We both picked uh, North Carolina to win that. Uh, yeah. Way off of that one. All right, let's <laughs> jump into uh, – this was a really interesting game. Uh, number 17, Tennessee, at number 11, Ooh, Alabama. Yeah. Again, this was one uh, where Tennessee was up big time. They, I was we were watching this during the tailgate and during the game. 27, 20 to seven at half. Mm-hmm. Upset alert. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tennessee looked like they were doing all the right things, and then never count out a Nick Saban team. <laughs> Alabama took that one thirty-four to twenty. So that was Out-scored them. Yeah, yeah that 20. was that was a crazy, crazy game. Uh, another one that we watched that was wild uh was number 14 utah at number 18 usc we, we talked about that a yeah. little bit earlier utah came back had a had a crazy win I, it was a fun game to watch it was crazy it was back and forth back and forth um, i i don't remember if it was both of us but i know that one of us picked utah to win that one so what did i pick i don't know i didn't write it down but uh oh, on you you gotta write I, it down. i'll have it right here <laughs> I'll okay. tell you what I picked. We'll recap that. We'll recap that. I'll find it. But what ha- what had happened was, well, okay, Utah. Oh, look, we both picked Utah to win outright. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't, I don't know if you can see it, but we both picked Utah to win outright. There, yeah. there it is. So um, go us. Yeah, we did great. But that poor quarterback on that last drive, he took a big, like, big D tackle, yeah. helmeted him to targeting, the head, targeting, sure. and then he's woozy and he still goes and runs for like 30 something yards yeah it was rough and they got hit in the head again and they got hit in the head again by db and the db goes out injured that's how hard he hit him yeah i don't know that i love that from the coach i wouldn't want my son to be oh he's all right right but he's all right he pulled it off and they won all right moving on um oaks oklahoma state it went to west virginia and won big tcu took a butt kick in from Kansas State, where you have them next week. So this is an interesting one that I do want to talk about okay. a little bit. We've yeah. got both of these teams. Texas has both of these teams up on their schedule. We've talked about this over, over this season. TCU being a little worrisome that Texas goes up there, plays in Fort Worth against a TCU team that has been wildly inconsistent I, this year. Yeah, This is one that you're worried about. Um, I think K-State is I'm glad we have them. K State looks way tougher. Yeah. So, yes. Looking at this this game, is this does this change your mind at all about Texas going up to TCU? About your concerns up there? The thing that sparked my not fear but concern with K State was Avery Johnson, this kid who came out and ran five rushing touchdowns against um, Tech. Mm-hmm. Well, once there was even that amount of film on him, he had no rushing touchdowns uh, against Kansas State. However, uh, I'm sorry, against. Um, uh, 
TCU. Mm-hmm. So if TCU can shut him down, maybe and Texas still lose can. forty-one to three. But he did throw, and the mm-hmm. other Will Howard is the quarterback that threw for like three touchdowns, and they had rushing touchdowns. So they're a complete team. They're going to run and throw. So that's what worries me is that we have. You're still worried about TCU. No, after no, no, no. Season. Now I'm going to shift it. Shift to, in the purple concern. To K State. Got it. Oh, they look so good. <laughs> there are one, two, three, four teams right now in the Big Twelve with only one loss. All right, so let's move ahead and make some predictions. Uh, we will go quick. Just so you know, Georgia's at Florida Cocktail Bowl. Cocktail, the cocktail. Biggest cocktail. The cocktail, what is it? whatever. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Biggest cocktail. Michigan, they're on a bye week, so they'll, they'll be out stealing signs this weekend. <laughs> look look for those cameras on the sideline. Yeah, now. I want somebody to get video this weekend of them recording signs. <laughs> Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, they're all on the road, but they're all like two, three touchdown favorites, so who cares? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Fox is... Um, the big Fox noon, what is it? Noon kickoff noon or whatever. Mm-hmm. OU at number six. OU at Kansas. OU's ten point favorites on the road. Are you upset alert? Because they're still with their backup, uh, Bean, Jason Bean, mm-hmm. who's done okay, but since no Jalen Daniels since before Texas. So, uh, well, since the Texas game, this but. is a really hard one to pick. If if Jalen Daniels was in, I would take Kansas on this. Me too. They, they're a they're a great team. Um. I think OU, I think this is going to be a close game. I think OU got a pretty big wake-up call against um, against UCF. <sighs> as much as I want to pick Kansas, and mm-hmm. I would pick Kansas with their starting quarterback, I've got to go OU on this one. Yeah. I don't think OU covers, though. I'm going to take – it's a close one. I, I think OU wins this game, but 10, po- 10 points? I, I have I have OU winning and covering because okay. they came off an ugly loss at home. They were riding high off their win over Texas, mm-hmm. um, so I, I just I just see them. Um, I'm I'm writing our yeah picks. no I got it yeah I I can see them like really bouncing back. It's you know hard coaching after a win is there ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. All right, South Carolina go Cox at the Aggies. Um, am I going to be putting on my Gamecock sweater Saturday night cozying up. They are 14 point dogs at AM. Does AM win and cover 14 points at home? Again, I I have it is hard for me to read AM right now. I think there's a lot of issues in the locker room. I don't know that Jimbo still has this team. I don't know that Jimbo cares because Jimbo's still <laughs> a very rich man. Uh listen, I think. I'm going to take AM in this. Hits at home. Kyle Fields. Win and cover? Yeah, I'm going to take AM to win and cover this one. How about you? What do you got? Um, I think because South Carolina's only losses are at Georgia and at Tennessee and at Missouri, the best teams in the SEC right now, and their coach (laughs) kicked his foot and broke his foot. Yeah, that was silly. (laughs) Over their two point loss to Florida. You got to breathe, girl. (laughs) You got to breathe here. I'm having too much fun. I know it. I'm going to say the Aggies win, but no cover. I think South Carolina has enough defense. Um, it doesn't take much defense right now with the Aggies offense. They have enough. All right, let's move on. Um, Houston, three and four Houston. Thank you, Houston, for taking that L. Um, at Kansas five at Kansas State is five and two. Kansas State is our 17-point favorites at home, mm-hmm. and I'll go first. Win and cover by a lot. Yeah, yeah. West Virginia gave. I mean, Houston gave everything they had in this game, their Super Bowl. So Kansas State's rolling. Dana didn't care about winning any other game, and other than the one he just lost. So yeah, (laughs) I agree. I don't think that that 
Houston can match up to K-State, especially not in, Man the, you know, Manhattan. Right. Oh, and the they are fired up. They are all yeah. in. Good yeah. job, K-State fans. Last one we're going to pick. This is a big one. It's a top 13 matchup. Eight Oregon at Ride and High. Six, six and one, eight Oregon. Six and one, 13 Utah. Um, Oregon's first loss was at Washington with mm -hmm. a missed field goal, but then they went on to beat Washington State. You, um, I'm sorry, that was Oregon. Yeah, Utah, they are rolling now, especially with that big confidence win against USC. USC, probably a fraud, but <laughs> probably the team, not the coach. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's a fraud, too. <laughs> and also not coaching this week. Also, oh, yeah, he's like, can't be at practices. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a complete fraud. We talked about that last week, but ugh, week after week. Let's right. see. Who you got in this game? Um. I'm actually going to ride Oregon, our seven-point favorites at Utah. I'm going to say Utah rides this momentum. Utah, outright win. I like it. I agree with that. Uh, what? Utah, is it, they're a fun team to watch, and I think they've kind of been slept on in the Pac-12. Um, again, now, if we find out that their quarterback <laughs> does indeed have a, a concussion, uh, you know, their Cam Rising's out. Oh, this was a backup quarterback. If now we're going further back than that, if I will change this oh, pick. Oh, yeah. If but, Barnes isn't playing. Yeah. But I will say, I, I think Utah is looking like a tough, they are the team to beat right now to meet. Like Washington, looking good, had a scare. I am I like Utah. I'm taking them. So all right. I'm nice. Win, obviously, in cover. Yep. Okay. I think we got all our picks in. So let's move on. All we right. did it. We did a good job. All right. Women in sports. We Lots do. of Texas women. We do. I just, we want to encourage people to go out again. Uh, basketball season starting up, both for the men and the women. Um, there was a scrimmage for the women. Yeah, the They're looking white. good. They're ranked. So there's an exhibition next Thursday, November 2nd, versus Midwestern State. Um, and then the first game, of course, is on November 8th against Southern University. So that's always a fun time to go out and the support Center's them. The Moody Center is nice. Moody Center is fun to watch so basketball. So nice. Yeah. Everything's so beautiful. It's really cool. So get out there. Yeah. And again, Texas softball, they've been playing their fall ball. Uh, it's been fun to watch them. They did actually, womp womp, end up with a tie against AM. But that's okay. We took one from them prior Just to that. don't take so, the L. <laughs> so we're good. We took one from them prior. Um, but again, you can go see softball Friday, October 27th. So if you're looking for something that's to do Friday. before the football game, if you're in town, Check out softball. They play your Texas State My Bobcats. My Texas State Bobcats. At 6 p.m. So that'll be a good time. I don't know if they're any good. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Texas soccer finished number four in the Big 12. Uh, they uh, won. They, they But they finished on a hot streak. They yeah, finished on a hot streak. They took the losses early, which hurt their standings mm -hmm. late. But they won five of the last six games. They did. They did. And they were outscoring their opponents 17 to 6. So the offense is rolling. So Love it. So they're going to be fun to watch. The Big 12 championships. Uh, they take on number five, West Virginia. So that'll be a fun five game. Five in Big 12. Right. In, yeah, not right. five over Correct. the nation. The fifth place in the Big 12. That's okay. mine. That's my notes. In this. Yeah. And then you know them. You love them. Texas Volleyball has, they've got uh, two games actually coming up. One on Thursday and one on Friday versus Baylor, 7 p.m., both of them. Texas Volleyball, after a few, you know, maybe missteps from what we're used to early in the season, they're rolling in conference, 9-0 in conference. 9-0 so, in conference. So that's, a, that's you know how hard that is to do when everyone wants to beat you? We do. That's we do. really impressive. So that's way, definitely Way fun. to get it together, ladies. I love it. All right. All the Texas sports. So And there's more, but that's pretty good. That's yeah. a lot this weekend. Go so get out. It is a busy, busy time on campus right now. So I know that um, tennis, uh, uh, sorry, not tennis, but uh, golf has some stuff going on. We've got 
women's basketball, you've got volleyball, you've got football, you've got uh, soccer. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy weekend. So it'll be fun. If you guys haven't been out there, spend $5 on tickets, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Something else to do. So, all right. What else are we getting into? Um, we have our rant. We're gonna get we're it. We're gonna finish. Chest. We're gonna finish. Are All you right. ready? I you go first. I will I will bring the heat. Um all right. So this is our favorite, your favorite. My favorite? Maybe I don't favorite. know. Um <laughs> is it time to get it off our chest? Yeah. All right. You can't handle the truth. Say it with your chest. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. All right, so this is our little segment where each of us has one minute, 60 seconds for those counting at home to either rant or rave about something, but you got to finish it up in 60 seconds. Rocky, you're about to be on the clock. Are you ready? No. You're not. <laughs> this is your your jams, and you're not. I know. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Go. Um, so my thing is, I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks. Um, so we go to... Mexico a lot, right? We have a house there in Mexico. We're there a lot. And I just wanted, I've been thinking a lot about when tourists come. If you go to a new place anywhere in the world, go immerse yourself in that space or that place. Like if you get there and things are different or not what you're used to. It's okay for them. It's okay. That's why you travel. <laughs> Don't come and expect things to be fast like you you know demand at home or if they speak a different language there you, it's your job to speak the other language mm -hmm. like it's make efforts at least. yeah make efforts most people are kind and patient and understand tourism um i just i feel like the last couple of times i've seen a few people that are like i just want to say like why did you come here if you're going to insult the local people or that's it be kind <laughs> yeah be kind if you travel be kind i like it that's it all right Okay. This, is there a particular no, thing that triggered no, this? Or? No, just in general. Just in general. Just be kind when you travel because you're the visitor. All right. That's fair. All right. Uh, all right. So you're, again, putting me on the spot. I'm never ready for these. Ever. I'm never ready. But that's all right. I'll, I'll pull something out. You got it. Brilliant in the last minute. You're always brilliant. And yeah. So this is ADHD kicking in. All right. I will say, I don't understand the need for people to wrist slap fight on social media. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand people trying to make a name for themselves out of that. I don't understand the propensity to, if your only MO is to fight with people, that seems like an unhappy existence to me. I don't get that. I also don't understand when folks are going to call things out that they themselves do. <laughs> I don't get it, right? Like the hypocrisy there. If you, and if you're going to wrist slap fight, why be hypocritical in the middle of it? I don't get that. I don't get that. I, I tend to, I, I do. I try to be, I know it doesn't seem like it in these rants. I try to be more positive. I try to surround myself with positive people. I try to cut people out of my life that aren't positive. I, it's sometimes it's hard. It takes some practice. It's not always fun, but man, I don't understand the need to focus on negative versus positive. So again, be kind, be good, positive. Good job. There One minute. <laughs> yeah. I like it. There you go. Your, your feed is your feed. Like um, also, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Also, <laughs> you show yourself. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Okay. Good job, Megan. We Appreciate had so that. much to talk about. You, we did. We're a little we had, over. We had so much to talk about. All Richard right. has definitely made your drink a little stronger no, this time. No, I'm just happy to be with you. Yeah, All right. It. We had a great time. Thank you so much. Again, 
like, share, subscribe, Texas Sports Unfiltered, at Fire the Cannon. I think we're about to hit a milestone on our followers on Fire the Cannon 1, at Fire the Cannon 1. So go check it out. Um, I'm Rocky. And I'm Megan. And we are Fire the Cannon.